Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Uncooperative Radio Show with Brian Bonner. The finest uncooperative conservative radio on the net. Kicking down the walls. Blowing away the smoke screens. You cockroaches, and you know who you are. You can run, but you can't hide. Brian Bonner stands for truth, justice, and the American way. Enemies of America, foreign and domestic, consider yourself on notice. Uncooperative Radio is coming for you. Radio show. I'm your host, Brian Bonner from uncooperativeblogger.com. You're listening to uncooperativeradio.com. And be with my lovely wife and producer, Susan. Say hello, Susan. Hello, American Patriots. All right, what are we talking about this evening? Well, we start the show with a psalm today, a psalm from King David, one of my favorite. This is the 75th anniversary of the Battle of Midway. We will review, and actually, this is today, it was. I don't know why they celebrated yesterday. <laughs> Then the ups and downs for the week, and do you know what the patent office is up to because we didn't get to it? And why did some U.S. firms support the Paris Agreement? Because we didn't get to it. Followed by the war on Christians and Jews. Hopefully we'll get to it. <laughs> okay. A Psalm for Protection from Enemies, Psalm 35 by King David from Bible Gateway. Fight my enemies, Lord. Attack my attackers. Shield me and help me. Aim your spear at everyone who hunts me down, but promise to save me. Let all who want to kill me be disappointed and disgraced. Chase away and confuse all who plan to harm me. Send your angel after them and let them be like straw in the wind. Make them run in the dark on a slippery road as your angel chases them. I did them no harm, but they hid a net to trap me, and they dug a deep pit to catch and kill me, surprised them with disaster, trapped them in their own nets, and let them fall and rot in the pits they have dug. I will celebrate and be joyful, because you, Lord, have saved me. Now that's a good song. Yeah, that's for all of the fuzzy muzzies out there. And if you say that Christians are evil and as nasty as they are because he's asking for them to fall and rot in the pit, did you see he said he did no harm to them? We did no harm to these people. Well, that's all. debatable. But that has nothing to do with why they hate us. 
People don't get that. Yeah, 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 we mucked around in the Middle East, but nah, that's not what it is. They hate us because we're free, and we don't worship Allah, and that's the end of it. And we're the worst of the worst, <laughs> because we're so big. We're the big Satan. Israel's the little Satan. You know, and I wish I could say, oh, my thoughts and prayers go with the people in London. Are you freaking kidding me? I'm listening on TV, and I'm listening on the radio, and I'm hearing these pundits going, everybody's in shock and disbelief. Dudes, you had an attack two weeks ago. You're in shock and disbelief? Really? (laughs) I'm in shock and disbelief. (laughs) Why are we talking about Pearl Harbor again? Midway. It's the anniversary of Midway. Oh. Today. Okay. I said Pearl Harbor. I didn't say Pearl Harbor. It says Midway. Pearl Harbor. Yeah, it's starting describing Pearl Harbor because it started all this and then Midway came. Oh, I I know that, but... I thought we were just going to start at Midway. Just talk about Midway. No, they're giving the backstory on everything. Doesn't mean I want to. Well, that's what the article started. Anyway, you don't want to tell these people about, um, no, it's not radical Islam. Oh, by the way. The it's Am- just Islam. Islam's radical. That's all there is to it. You can't explain it to anybody. Look, everybody that thinks they have an example how Christians are that behave just as badly in the name of Jesus, I would, I would guarantee they will be going back to the Crusades and the Inquisition, those times. The way to frame it, the question is, in modern times, show me the instances of Christians blowing up innocent people in the name of Jesus. Go ahead. And they can't. They'll tell us some smart remark. I'm not going to bother because you would listen to me anyway. Of course, I would listen to you because I already know the answer. Do you know, um, Theresa May, the Prime Minister of England, just gave her speech about the what happened. Yeah, the Prime the Prime Minister is a fuzzy buzzy. No, that's the Mayor of London. Oh, the Mayor of Muslim. Right. right. The not mayor. not the Prime Minister. The mayor of Muslim. But you know what she's calling? You know what she's calling for? She's calling for regulations on the internet to stop radicalization of people yes. into Islam. Yes, well, they've been talking about that. The internet's been talking about that for a while now. The internet has nothing to do with this, people. Well, they use the internet to spread their message. They do. And amazingly enough, uh, my Facebook page is locked up, but there's a there's a disgusting page about, you know, killing Shay Whitey and all that. It's not, it's not locked up. It's not just, it's still there. All the fuzzy buzzy ones, when you check, they they don't find those. Someone has to bring them to it. They don't find it on their own because it's not in their algorithm. Because there's nothing wrong with Islam, right? And if they do this, they're gonna do. They're gonna silence conservative speech. If we say that, anything, that's why they're complaining. We sh- the, the liberals got their way, got rid of net neutrality. I don't know what conservatives think. So net neutrality is a good idea, but you're not a conservative. More government is not solution to anything. You know why the internet's so successful? There's no government intervention, that's why. Unlike our regular market, which sucks because the government controls it completely. Uh, Where to begin? All right, the 75th anniversary of the Battle of Midway. From Navy.com. If you haven't seen the movie Midway, you should. It was great. 
I don't know if they made a new one. Don't watch that one. The old one. They had good, big stars in it. It was a big production. Midway was a big battle. In the wake of the Japanese surprise attack on Pearl Harbor on December the 7th, 1941, the U.S. was at war with Japan. By early 1942, the Japanese were continuing to flex their naval might, seeking to target Navy carriers not destroyed at Pearl Harbor and keen on eliminating the Navy presence and threat in the Pacific. Determined to stop that momentum and break out of a primarily defensive mode, the Navy intensified its intelligence-gathering efforts and zeroed in on Japanese communications. Progress to this end was on display by mid-April, when the Navy teamed with the Army to launch the proactive Doolittle Raid on Japan's home islands, and then again a few weeks later when the Navy held their own in the Battle of Coral Sea. This was the first carrier-based fight of the war, a new type of engagement where opposing ships never actually saw or directly fired upon one another. The showdown at Midway was on the horizon. What helped the Navy gain the upper hand in the Pacific more than anything else was its ability to know what its enemy was planning to do before they did it. And this advantage came from the critical work of dedicated Navy code briggers. I do believe we had magic then. And magic was telling FDR everything that the Japanese were talking about. Well, and the sec- so he knew everything ahead of time. The article that follows this is going to describe exactly what the intelligence was for, about this battle and what we were getting from the intelligence. Uh, nobody knows about magic. He told nobody. Only his one his closest aide to FDR even knew it existed. Well, this is after the fact. Oh, no, but people don't necessarily do their homework, Susan. No, they go they like don't. you know <laughs> to an encyclopedia and start copying this nonsense. Because that's what everyone believed it was. That was the that was the story. They couldn't let anybody know that they could, they broke the Japanese code, and uh, England broke the German code. So we swapped intel. But we knew everything going on. That's why he had everybody move to the center, for, who was Japanese and Italian and German and blah, on and on it went. And but Italian, yeah. everyone talks about the Japanese. That's because of, of the presence in California, but what was going on is the embassy in California, the people living there, including the citizens of the United States that were Japanese descent, were spying for the emperor. And he knew that because he already broke their code. He knew everything the embassy was sending to Tokyo and Tokyo back to him, blah, blah, blah. Uh, was, and that was the most enlightening thing I found in Michelle Malkin's book. But there's there's really good history there, and it's called In Defense of internment and it'll teach you the truth about it wasn't evil wasn't bad wasn't concentration camps nothing like nothing nothing at all like that at all nothing as a matter of fact we were talking about this the other day and you wanted to put the fuzzy muzzies in camps but not as good as we put the japanese (laughs) they're not allowed to have those camps (laughs) yeah muslims are evil they get no quarter i personally just Line them up on the wall and shoot them. I wouldn't take prisoners. But we got to round them up in here because what's happening in Europe is going to happen here if we keep letting the government bring these people in. They do it all through history. They're not changing for you. Just as soon as they have the upper hand, you're dead meat. I'm just telling you that's going to happen over here one day. 
unless we wake up. And I've been saying this for a very, very long time. <clears throat> Back to Midway. Um, and this advantage came from the critical work of dedicated Navy codebreakers, particularly those associated with the combat intelligence unit in Pearl Harbor known as HYPO. Leading up to Midway, they were on a relentless quest to crack the complex Japanese JN-25 code, which carried the opposition's most secure communications. We already broke it. See, the codebreakers didn't even know that we already broke it. Because he couldn't let it, it had to look like we didn't, so that the Japanese would get onto us and change the code. So, this is actually just busy work. Needs nothing. FDR already broke the code before, before Pearl Harbor. So somebody explained to me how he didn't know Pearl Harbor was going to happen. He broke the code before Pearl Harbor. He had magic before. You'll have to look it up. Magic is what the code-breaking machine was called. Magic. Anyway. Messages were routinely intercepted and exhaustively analyzed with mathematical, technical, and creative skill. And by March of 1942, the code was finally broken, essentially giving access to the Japanese playbook of planned operations. Man, they're still repeating this propaganda. I can't believe it. This stuff is still around. Again, no one wants to say that he had it before Pearl Harbor because, well, then how come, how come Pearl Harbor happened? How come you didn't know we were waiting for them in a trap instead of having generals and admirals doing stupid things like docking all the ships and putting all the planes close together in one spot, which was against protocol. You spread the planes out so when you get a strafing and bombing attack, they can't, that'll take out all the planes. Well, they, they put them all together, and that's what happened. Lost all those planes. And a lot of ships. Having secretly taken away the Japanese element of surprise, the Navy was able to shift to an offensive and, at midway, turn a planned ambush by the enemy into one of its own. What helped the Navy gain the upper hand of the Pacific more than anything else... Uh, double tap. Next. How a small atoll in the middle of the Pacific became the site of the most significant naval battle in American history should not be a complete surprise. It was a location of strategic importance for both sides and a testament to the power of presence. Approximately 1,300 miles northwest of Pearl Harbor and close to halfway between Japan and the west coast of the U.S., hence called Midway, Midway was already the site of a Navy base. Fittingly, it would be the focal point of a calculated Japanese plan. The Japanese goal was to attack Midway, capture it, and use it as an advance base that would establish an eastern shield for its own Pacific operations. They knew the U.S. would defend it with all available resources and hoped to lure the Navy carriers and fleet into a trap. But the U.S. knew of the plan ahead of time and would be ready to deploy its three aircraft carriers and supporting force of ships, submarines, and aircraft accordingly. (coughs) Beyond being a definitive statement by way of a victory, the Battle of Midway was a true showcase of the broad range of naval power and capabilities. 
It ushered in a new era of carrier-based warfare, an age where aviation and air power would be key. But it also displayed how awe-inspiring it can be when everything comes together at once. Ships at sea, aircraft launching from carrier decks, as well as land-based runways, submarines patrolling beneath the waves, all of it guided strategically by information collected and converted into actionable intelligence. Even 75 years later, the Navy continues to draw from the lessons learned at Midway and other battles of the past. Knowing where we came from helps inform where we're going. That's why we're telling everybody to know our history. Yeah. Like like she said. Ah, oh, wind. I want to build my vertical access wind turbine. We're having crazy storms up here today. <laughs> ah, just the usual springtime, late afternoon thunderstorms. But they do take its toll on me. All right, uh, the Battle of Midway. The Complete Intelligence Story from Warren the Rocks. Or was that supposed to say War on the Rocks? War on the Rocks. Hmm. Oh, you put it together in one word. What, War that's, on. That's how they did it. It was weird. <laughs> well, fix it. The, I'm sitting there going, what's a war on? The Battle of Midway in June of 1942 was one of the most important naval battles in world history and a turning point in the Second World War. Between June 4th and 7th, aircraft from aircraft carriers Enterprise, Yorktown, and Hornet of the U.S. Navy's Task Force 16 and 17 ambushed and sank the Imperial Japanese Navy's carrier force that only six months before had attacked Pearl Harbor and terrorized the Pacific. The Battle of Midway is important to memorialize and remember for many reasons. Among these reasons is that it is an inexhaustible source of still relevant lessons on how to successfully apply intelligence at all levels of war. And we've lost that, haven't we? Yes. They're not doing the intelligence agencies and all, all well, these. Well, they've been corrupted by progs. Everything's corrupted by progs. I mean, they're seriously not doing this at all. They're trying not to do it. They're diminishing America. That's their job. They complain about Trump t- dismantling government. Yes, that's what we want. There's a big difference between what those two, those two things. Was well, t- tearing down un- the things that aren't supposed to exist to begin with is uh, is lawful, right? Like the African Development Organization we talked about yesterday. Yeah, that's probably the one we did was it a few years ago where we were paying money to teach African men how to wash their own penis. <laughs> <coughs> it's funny, but it's true. <laughs> Who the hell wants that job? Uh, nobody. Heck, I was a nurse for 25 years. I didn't want that job. <laughs> Not that I haven't done it, but still. <laughs> to, <laughs> to decode is transmitted using the JN25 code. By late April, Roquefort's team assessed that... <clears throat> oh, I just lost it. What? I lost where it was. Hold on a second. By late April, Roquefort's team assessed that the Japanese were planning major operations against the Central Pacific and Aleutians. 
In a famous trick, Pacific Fleet Commander Admiral Chester Nimitz approved a ruse proposed by Roquefort that saw the American garrison at Midway send a fake message in the clear on open channels regarding broken water evaporator units on the island. Almost immediately afterward, American listening posts intercepted Japanese transmissions mentioning the water shortage and the need to bring along extra water to support the operation. (laughs) The identity of the Japanese objective was conclusively determined as Midway. In his memoirs, the Pacific Fleet Intelligence Officer, Lieutenant Commander Edwin Eddie Layton, recounted presenting the fruits of Hypo's work on May 27th at the Pacific Fleet Staff Conference where the U.S. plans to ambush the Japanese force near Midway were approved, giving Nimitz a stunningly predictive assessment. Summarizing all my data, I told Nimitz that the carriers would probably attack on the morning of 4th of June. From the northwest, on a near on a nearing, supposed to be a bearing, of 325 degrees. They could be sighted at about 175 miles from Midway at around 0700 local time. On the morning of the battle, as the initial American reports sighting the Japanese force began to trickle in, Nimitz remarked to Leighton with a smile, Well, you are only five minutes, five degrees, and five miles out. Leighton's assessment allowed Nimitz to take a calculated risk by devoting three of his precious aircraft carriers, still scarce at that stage of the war, to the battle. The foreknowledge provided by this intelligence justified the presence off Midway of USS Yorktown CB-5 <coughs> damaged at the Battle of Coral Sea, but rushed back into action after a few days of frantic repairs at Pearl Harbor. This allowed the two U.S. task forces to roughly match the 229 planes on board the Japanese carriers. The penetrating knowledge and understanding of the Japanese demonstrated by Leighton and Roquefort resulted from both technical proficiency and intelligence collection, as well as an institutional and individual commitment to understanding the potential Japanese enemy. Both men were graduates of a program that detailed dozens of officers to study Japanese language and culture in Japan, with others similar studying China and Russia during the interwar years. Bizarrely absent from the debate in recent years over mandated STEM degrees, uh, S-T-E-M, it stands for something, but I don't know what it is, for those seeking commissions as naval officers, has been any desire to incentivize foreign language training or skills for its intelligence personnel. Despite the existence of the Foreign Area Officer, the FAO, career field, and the long-standing OMSPED Olmsted Scala program, where some officers, often on track to command, end up learning languages. It is discouraging to note a lack of interest in cultivating similar skills among Leighton's modern naval intelligence successors. If the Olmsted Foundation is the tool that the Navy is using to select and train foreign language experts for the officer corps overall, The Navy needs to look at other options because only eight naval intelligence officers have been selected for that program since 2008. Okay, I'm sorry. We're at war with Islam and they're doing this nonsense. Gotta learn Arabic. 
Yeah, I mean, seriously. And and to tell you the truth, I was listening. I listened to Ollie Norris. Um, and by the way, uh, p- people in the, the special operations group, just to clarify, they do this on their own. They do learn the language. Yeah, on their own. Yeah, yeah. I know. Um, God, our, 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 our armed forces have fallen. And I, and I mean even under GW. Ever since Clinton, it's been a, a joke. Yeah, I must say, even, even when I was in the beginning of Reagan, it was a joke. Well, because Ray, look at how much um Jimmy Jimmy Carter destroyed it. I know, and look at how much um our President Trump has to deal with, right? And it's going to take it's. There's a lag period. Yeah, because I was in for three years, and I did not see any, I didn't see any movement and improvement in the Air Force when I was there. So, that that goes to show you, you know, how we much were, we were underfunded. We're we're we have we still had units that were using vacuum tubes. Uh, so that. Uh, no one even knows what's listening right now. What's a vacuum tube? Well, before microchips, there used to be these tubes in a vacuum. And the tubes were like the microchips. And when they were bad, you had to you unplugged it and you plugged another tube in. It was pretty easy, actually. Uh, not like today's stuff. But, yeah, so we're, I, we're in the 80s. And my automatic direction finder on my C-130s, every single one of them have the same one. They're, they have vacuum tubes in them. I'm like, God, get get an updated model, will you? <laughs> Vacuum tubes, seriously. Well, that's how, that's just showing how much um, destruction an administration can do and how long it would take for another administration to undo. And the Air Force is chronically underfunded. But, and then when I was there, we had the, we had the, uh, I forget what they call it for, we had, to, we had to ground half the fleet. Because it found out the C-130s that are from the 1960s that were flying from the 1960s, I'm not kidding you, had developed micro cracks in the wings and needed to be, all of them needed to be x-rayed and repaired. And we, that was the worst thing you could do to us. We're flying 170 sorties a day. That's 170 missions per day. Airplanes in the air. That That's, that's our mission. And it, take half our fleet away man was that a rough that was a rough six months because it was half the fleet then it was the other half of the fleet and and it was a bad first six months and a bad whole year really because we didn't get them all they didn't get them fixed it, it took them like a year to get them fixed back on the runway and, that, and again why are we flying planes from 1965 i think we can build new ones well, like you said, I mean, Bush would, <laughs> tried to build up the military as soon as Obama. You got people, you got eight years of Obama completely destroying our military and our country. He left such residual. I, I can't even believe that Trump has the energy he to put up with He told the military it. not to listen to Donald Trump. The ex-president told them to ignore the commander-in-chief. This guy is a piece of work. And anybody that would listen to in the military, I hope they, I hope they do, because they'll out themselves. We can get rid of them. You're the first to go, along with the muzzies. Anybody that says they have to have a beard and a turban, they got to go to. No beards and turbans in my military. Sorry, this ain't Turkey. What well, about the uh, transgender? Oh, that, that there's no homosexuals allowed in my military. Mm-mm. If 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 the government really wants it. I'm the general. I'm all for it. Make a separate a, unit. I do a parody just like, just exactly what I would do. That's right. The big gay one. That's the, I'd make a whole battalion full of homosexuals. But they will not be housed near anybody else. 
because homosexuals are a little bit, uh, how we say, randy. They can't seem to keep it in their pants because it's all about sex. And yes, they, I, they got caught. Believe it or not, six weeks of boot camp. You gotta, you gotta have, you gotta have sex with someone. You're a homosexual. You gotta sneak out of barracks to have sex with someone. I, this, is, this happened in my boot camp. The two of them were, you know, discharged. But that's my point. It's all about deviant sex. They can't last two weeks without risking getting kicked out of the military so they can have sex. That's telling. Oh, sure. Right in the middle of this, you want to go to a break. All right, we're going to go to a break. Jim Cropper Radio Show. You stay tuned, guys. We'll be right back. The path to restoring our republic was laid down by our founding fathers. The principles of freedom, liberty, personal responsibility, and limited government are conservative ideals we will never abandon. America is listening. Grassroots, common sense, conservative talk radio. It's on the internet. Tune in now. Red State Talk Radio, featuring some of the most popular internet talk show hosts in America today. Are you listening? RedStateTalkRadio.com. At 28, I had struggled with opiate and meth addiction for 12 years. I did and said things that the sober me never would have done. One day I realized I was not invincible. I was not exempt. And that's when a friend told me about elite rehab placement. They gave me the tools I needed to get sober. And all it took was the one phone call. Elite Rehab can help you start to break your addiction problem and get sober in as little as seven days. And we'll work with your insurance provider to help cover the costs. Plus, we have travel assistance programs to get you here by plane or train. Make this free call right now to learn more. 800 917 2194. 800 Think about it. It's one of the few major purchases you can make that you will personally never use. But you've got to have it to protect your family. And you owe it to yourself to shop and compare to get the best possible rates. For term life insurance policies of $500,000 or more, call the term lifeline today at 800-430-1891. 800-430-1891. See if you qualify for up to $1 million in coverage for as little as $3 a day. We'll gladly compare multiple carriers to get you the best possible rates. So call now. 800-430-1891. Sample rates cited requires qualifying medically in the preferred non-tobacco rate class. 
Attention users of the blood-thinning drug Xarelto. If you took the drug Xarelto and experienced complications such as cerebral hemorrhage, gastrointestinal bleeding, or other internal bleeding, or if a loved one has died after taking Xarelto, you may be eligible to get a cash award for your suffering. Call the Xarelto Help Hotline now at 855-719-3101, 855-719-3101. To qualify for a cash settlement, you must file a claim before the deadline. So don't miss your opportunity for a cash settlement. Call 855-719-3101 now for a free no-obligation consultation. Our call center is open 24-7. So if you took the drug Xarelto and experienced cerebral hemorrhage, gastrointestinal bleeding, or other internal bleeding, or if a loved one has died after taking Xarelto, call the Xarelto Help Hotline at 855-719-3101, 855-719-3101. That's 855-719-3101. If you are struggling to pay or haven't been making your student loan payments, listen carefully to this urgent alert. Have you been out of school for 10 or more years and you're still making your student loan payments? Are your student loans past due or even in default? Can't go back to school because of an old student loan problem? We can help you if you qualify. Your student loans can be taken out of default. We can stop the wage garnishments, stop the collection calls, and stop the seizure of your tax refund. Give yourself a break. Stop the stress and see if we can help you reduce your student loan payments. One quick 10-minute call could solve them right now. So call the Student Loan Helpline now. 800-215-6813, 800-215-6813, 800-215-6813, This is a fee-based document preparation service to help you access free government programs. Call for complete details not available in all states. Welcome back to the Uncooperative Radio Show, our half of one. So, we were talking about Midway, but um, we were talking about people, you know, learning the languages that we needed at the time. And during World War II, they actually went out to the colleges to find people that were fluent in different languages that they needed. And a lot of them found women that were studying Japanese, the Japanese language, and they hired them as spies. Okay. So women played, you know, with this whole thing with women's lib and freaking these idiots. Since the Revolutionary War, women have played a part in the United States of America without all this minutia that they put on us from these freaking libtards. (sighs) So tired of the feminist movement. Oh, it's okay. Um, savage. You just pulled the savage. I did? Yeah, you were talking while you were putting away the, your thing. You were talking away <laughs> from the microphone. So, you know, it's, it, it's, it'll sound just like a female savage. So you, but fades you, out in the background. But it's amazing that you're saying they're, they're, these soldiers that are learning languages that they need... They're paying for this out of their own pocket. Maybe. Maybe someone volunteered. You never know. But this is not what we did with the war on terror. We should have, We hired a bunch of Muslims to translate for us. 
Muslims lie. Yep. Muslims will take that position to mislead you. So why would we do that? No, you train your intelligence officers that you know are not Muslims, because Muslims are evil and they all work together. You don't want a Muslim. You want a regular American who's not a Muslim. <clears throat> and, you know, they're, they're, even some of them end up converting and snapping. But I'm just saying, it, you, it's not a race thing. You know, It's a, oh, it's just you know, the Arabs. No, eh, eh, eh. all Muslims. I don't care if you're blonde-haired, blue-eyed. If you're a Muslim, you're out of my military. Again, you're out of my country, frankly. Because that is not a religion. That is a theocratic empire. That means... It's, it's a way for him to control the people in his empire without leaving a lot of soldiers in garrison while he was conquering all of the world, and which he was very successful at. Um, so because everyone left behind had to convert to Islam or be, or be dead. So they installed governors that were Muslim. The governance is Muslim. You, it is, it is that's before Sharia law, but it is what the Quran... Says it whatever Muhammad wanted to do, basically. But it's designed as a government to run a whole global empire. The purpose of Islam is to take over the world. Pinky. That doesn't. That's sedition. That's an. That their goal is to overthrow our government and our way of life. They are seditious. Their so-called religion is seditious and they need to go i know we can round them all up and put them on uh gitmo weather's nice out there one of the gitmo's uh people that uh caesar let go is like recruiting right now in france recruiting for what oh yeah you mean let go from gitmo from as a prisoner yep yes okay yeah, a large majority of them return to the battlefield. And when you release the ones that are the high-up generals, so to speak, those are the ones that do all the planning. Uh, why, why would you let them just go right back to planning? And they do. Of course, because they're Muslims. Their God tells them to do this. Our country says don't. Which one do you think they're going to listen to? What would you listen to? <clears throat> all right. Um... Back to Midway. Intelligence, Surveillance, and Reconnaissance, ISR. Intelligence also contributed to how the Battle of Midway was fought tactically. U.S. Navy tactics had evolved during the annual fleet problems conducted between 1923 and 1940. Several of the exercises involved duels between the carriers Lexington and Saratoga. The exercises revealed that the force that located and attacked the enemy carrier first generally won demonstrating the importance in carrier warfare of getting in the first blow. Thomas Wildenberg has argued that these lessons led directly to the U.S. Navy's development of the SBD Dauntless Scout Bomber, a carrier-borne aircraft with long-range and ample payload for heavy ordnance designed to both find and drop bombs on enemy ships. See, I like that. Multi, a multi-use, I like everything should be multi-use. I hate single-use items. I like what it could do more than one thing. That's great. It can bomb and do reconnaissance. And at the same time. Isn't that cool? <laughs> In contrast, the Japanese did not employ their carrier-borne aircraft 
<clears throat> for ISR, they instead used float planes based on battleships or cruisers to locate enemy ships, preferably preferring to preserve their carrier air groups solely for strike missions. Worldenburg quotes Mitsu- Mitsuo Fachida, commander of the air group embarked on the flagship Akagai, as stated at in both training and organization, our naval aviators devoted too much importance and effort to attack. Jonathan Barshall and Anthony Tully, the authors of Shattered Sword, the untold story of the Battle of Midway, attributed the Japanese preference for using aircraft in massed attacks derived from lessons learned from China. In that theater, large numbers of aircraft were required for an attack to gain decisive results. Unlike airfields, however, aircraft carriers are mobile and hard to find in the middle of the ocean. And large bomber formations needed fighter escorts, thus not allowing the diversion of carrier-borne aircraft for large-scale scouting efforts. Absent an expectation of American ships in the area, and with Japanese carrier aircraft focused on the strikes against Midway in the early hours of June 4, Vice Admiral Chiichi Nagumo, Commander of the 1st Carrier Strike Force, commonly referred to as the Mobile Force in English, employed only a skimpy precautionary scouting effort to protect the task force, a move since criticized by historians and other writing about the battle. In Japanese obsession with emphasizing airborne strike power directly at the expense of ISR can inform today's debate over the mission of the U.S. Navy's future, carrier-borne unmanned aircraft. Critics of previous plans for MQXX Stingray, once the U-Class and C-Bars, <coughs> excuse me, focused on its mission to provide carrier-based ISR in a semi-permissive environment. In the Navy's most recent proposal, its primary mission will be to conduct airborne refueling and ISR. In particular, critics of a ISR-focused unmanned aircraft have raised concerns that the disproportionate emphasis in the requirements on unrefueled endurance to enable continuous intelligence, surveillance, and reconnaissance support to the Carrier Strike Group, CSG, would result in an aircraft design that would have serious deficiencies in both survivability and internal weapons payload capacity and flexibility. The desire of these critics for a stealthy carrier-borne unmanned strike platform is not necessarily wrong or misguided, but the success of the Dauntless Scout bombers at Midway suggests that focusing solely on striking power at the expense of platforms with sensors that can locate and provide target quality data to shooters could have the unintended consequence of creating a fleet lacking the tools to find the enemy. Really, we're having this debate today. Intelligence is everything. <clears throat> it just is. And, and battle intelligence is everything. You, you need intelligence if you don't if you're gonna know how to plan anything. You just you gotta have intelligence. And they rely on the soldiers on the ground rely on intelligence. And when the idiots get it wrong, people die. That's why we should go back to people-based information in the CIA instead of satellites. That We already knew that didn't work. 
that led to 2000, uh, 9-11-2001. So it doesn't work. But we didn't learn our lessons at sea, uh, because after all, all the good all the good generals with brains got fired under Obama. Or season. quit, or resigned. Or quit, <laughs> and or resigned, whatever the case may be. Uh, only the political hacks are left behind. So, yeah, it doesn't surprise me that they're too stupid to learn lessons from World War II. After all, progressives never look backwards, only forward. Intelligence dissemination, something that happened in the leaking in the White House that should never happen. Dissemination of de- of declassified material, to, to, of classified material on Americans. Yeah. Gathering it is bad enough, leaking it on top of it. Plus, you have to know now that you know they've gathered all this information on every human being that's in, it's on this, it's in the country. Now you might wonder, it may put into focus all those things I kept saying about Mama Obama telling these people that yep. do the prepackaged foods, you have to take yep. salt out of your family. They agreed. Why would they agree? Yeah. Why would they agree? It, does, it makes their product not taste as good. John Roberts. What about Chief John? Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, that's a different story, but yes. Uh, why did he suddenly decide uh, something unconstitutional was constitutional? Exactly. It, it surprised a lot of people. It shocked me. <laughs> and now we know why. Uh, they've been strong-arming people f- because of information gathered, directly re- directly asked for by the White House, on American citizens. Requested and accessed. And, and probably kept on a legal server somewhere. Okay, back to way the way it's supposed to be disseminated. At Midway, the combination of an American edge in intelligence collection and analysis and Japanese ISR mistakes at the tactical level was complemented by multiple Japanese failures in disseminating intelligence and information. <clears throat> Tone 4, the Japanese float plane that finally did detect the American task force that morning had launched late and deviated from its prescribed search path. How the report of Tone 4's detection of the U.S. ships was transmitted is illuminating. The consensus has been that Nagumo received the message on board Akagi directly via Tone around 745. Uh, Tone would be Morse code. So... However, arguing that the composite logs compiled after the battle were inaccurate, the originals sank with the carriers, <clears throat> Dallas Woodbury Isom has claimed that Nagumo may not have received Tone 4's report until after 0800 at this point. The American aircraft that would attack and sink three of the four Japanese carriers were already airborne. The plausibility of this scenario aside, it is not an optimal way to exercise command and control for vital information to travel indirectly from aircraft to cruiser and then to flagship via the radio rooms of two ships before finally being hand-carried up to the flag of the bridge. The Japanese Naval General Staff's revised June 2nd intelligence assessment 
also shows critical Japanese intelligence dissemination shortfalls. A few days before the battle, Japanese naval leadership ashore suspected that the Americans were aware of the Midway operation. The two versions of the story regarding how Nagumo received or did not receive that message both showed flawed communications processes and technology. Fuchida's influential post-war account of the battle claimed that the revised intelligence was broadcast from Tokyo to both Nagumo and Combined Fleet Commander Admiral Isaruko Yamamoto aboard the battleship Yamamoto. Excuse me, battleship Yamato. Several hundred miles behind Nagumo's task force, Yamamoto received the message aboard his flagship, but his staff convinced him not to relay it to Nagumo. Assuming that the message had reached Akagi, and that maintaining radio silence outweighed any additional warning. The inadequate antenna array on board Akagi, owing to the carrier's small superstructure, had not received the message, however. Newer assessments of the battle, like Partial and Tully's, argue that this dissemination failure may not have been so egregious. They argue that the Japanese understood Akagi's antennae inadequacies, and had devised a system whereby the task force surface combatants would serve as relays. Nagumo had received intelligence from Tokyo en route to Midway. His failure to anticipate the U.S. ambush resulted not from poor intelligence practices, but from inflexibility and institutional inertia. Even if this account of the battle is true, however, Japanese command and control practices were at best cumbersome and hindered the manner in which Nagumo could receive intelligence in a timely manner. Okay, now we're supposedly at war with quote-unquote radical Islam. We're just at war with Islam, period. But when you're talking about intelligence, these attacks are happening all over the place. Where the hell is the intelligence? The, the, you have to ask MI5. Well, even here, the FBI can't stop any of the attacks that have happened. I know. They, every, every person that's done an attack was under the watchful eye of the FBI. Including the Boston Bombers. We don't want them under your watchful eye until they blow something up. We want them gone before they blow something Russia up. Russia was telling us about them. Uh-huh, How yeah, pitiful is that? There's a reason for everything. We have And not... I just point to the person that got fired right now. Call me. We have not fought a well, war. Political jackass Prague. It had no business being director of the FBI. We've not fought a real world war at all since World War II. And by the way, people, we're in World War III right now, and I I We haven't fought or declared war. No, at all. We're just, like, pussyfooting around. In fact, I don't think we declared war. I don't think Congress declared World War II. I have to look that up. They've only declared war just a couple times. It's weird. But we're sending our children over there to get killed everywhere. Well, yeah, that's what's called projection of force. Oh, how well is that working for us? Well, I don't know. We've made a mess of two countries over there. It's our job to clean it up. Thank you, Killary. Should be in jail. And not not, be, not because jail. I believe in any of this nation building crap. I believe in bombing them and leaving them in the Stone Age and let them build their own stuff. But uh, right now, abandoning it and losing it and and like making making it worse. Look at all the terror in Europe right now. 
and it's coming, and all the terror that's been here, frankly, and all the rapes that have been here that nobody talks about or wants to talk about or will talk about, all of them refugees uh, or Muslim of some kind. They're just animals. This is what Islam is. There is no such thing as radical Islam. The ones that don't practice this are not Muslims. They're not good Muslims. Good luck finding enough good Muslims out of the billion of them to make a difference. We just because learned. their religion tells them to do exactly what the, you call radical is Muslims do. That's the real religion. That's it. Last show. Take over read, the world. We we read 25 or 32, 32 names of people here are Muslims doing all kinds of friggin' Illegal crap. And by the way, the FBI is so incompetent. How do we know that these 32 people weren't doing more than what they were caught at? Probably were, and there might be more than 32 people, too. Uh, you know, tell FBI's never been known to eradicate anything. Maf- the Italian mafia still exists. They did eradicate it. Why? Why is the FBI allowed mafia to exist? How come? You don't, you don't hear them even trying to... After Gotti, they didn't try and even try anybody anymore. Nope. I'm just saying, the FBI is in a serious... The whole government up there has been polluted with progressives. And uh, militant progressives at that. Back to Midway. The U.S. Navy's current aspirations toward networked warfare include distributed lethality. In which a tactical cloud of data is employed to create a kill web, increasing the range at which enemies can be detected and providing the afloat commander with different options to engage the advisory by linking sensors and shooters. Good idea. Similarly, the Navy Integrated Fire Control Counter Air and NIFC-CA Concept is a critical part of naval aviation's current efforts to network the entire carrier air wing, CVW, to maintain situational awareness and conduct extended range operative targeting. Yet the challenges faced by the Japanese use of the 1942 version of network communications demonstrate some of the disadvantages of spreading responsibility for collecting and transmitting data. While technically feasible, the process the Japanese devised to pass information both from Tokyo and scouts like Tone 4 to their flagships performed poorly at Midway. The challenge for distributed lethality will be to ensure that the advantages of networked operations are not dependent on vulnerable communications paths and fragile transmissions that, when broken, may cripple decisive decision-making. Excuse me. Conclusion. The intelligence principles that demonstrated their value at Midway remain relevant in spite of the vast technological differences between today and 1942. The technical ability to collect information, the ability to contextualize, understand, and present that information as intelligence to commanders in a coherent and understandable way, the ability to employ tactical surveillance assets in order correctly detect uh, I didn't write it in order correctly detect and identify an adversary before it is able to do the same, and the ability to securely transmit information to an afloat conflict. 
and we have to go to break. So, Cooperative Radio Show, you stay tuned. Cause we'll be right back. The changes in the military fostered by the Clinton administration have provided the opportunity to create an elite new fighting force. The Big K-1. Their mission? Nail Saddam Hussein. Well, who does this nails anyway? You're quiet, soldier. Uh, listen up, uh, man. Uh, we'll be leaving for Baghdad from Fort Dix. Let's go. Roberta Flack, I love her. We're here. We're on fire. We're flaming. And going down. Be with us again next time. I'm Sheriff David Clark, and I want to talk to you about something personal, your safety. It's no longer a spectator sport. I need you in the game. But are you ready? With officers laid off and furloughed, simply calling 911 and waiting is no longer your best option. You can beg for mercy from a violent criminal, hide under the bed, or you can fight back. But are you prepared? Consider taking a certified safety course in handling a firearm so you can defend yourself until we get there. You have a duty to protect yourself and your family. We're partners now. Can I count on you? This safety message brought to you by the Milwaukee County Sheriff's Office. Stuart Shepard, this is Stoplight. If you change a light bulb, you get a new light. If you change a tire, you get a new tire. If you change a baby, you keep the baby, you get a new diaper. Right? That's right. But now you can apparently run for president without knowing how to make change. You understand that in this election, the greatest risk we can take is to try the same old politics with the same old players and expect a different result. The change we need doesn't come from Washington. Change comes to Washington. Leon Panetta, Obama's pick for CIA, was chief of staff under Bill Clinton. The same old politics. Rahm Emanuel, Obama's chief of staff, was a senior advisor under Bill Clinton. With the same old players. Robert Reich, one of Obama's economy gurus, was Secretary of Labor under Bill Clinton. The same old politics. Eric Holder, Obama's pick for Attorney General, was... Deputy Attorney General under Bill Clinton. Carol Browner, Obama's global warming guru, ran the EPA under Bill Clinton. Susan Rice, Obama's pick for the UN, was an assistant secretary of state under Bill Clinton. The same old politics with the same old players. Ironically, one person who did not have any truly official position in the Clinton administration is Obama's pick for secretary of state, Hillary Clinton. I can't wait to see what hope means. You, you keep the baby and you get a new diaper. I sound like Mr. Radio Guy. Does that sound bad to you? Yeah? 
Dr. King was a real man. You know he was a Republican. Dr. King, a Republican? Democrats passed those black codes and Jim Crow laws. Democrats started the Ku Klux Klan. White hoods and sheets? Democrats fought all civil rights legislation from the 1860s to the 1960s. Democrats released those vicious dogs and fire hoses on blast. Seriously? And the Dixie Grads remained Democrats and vowed to vote for a yellow dog before a Republican. Republicans freed us from slavery and put our right to vote in the Constitution. What? Republicans started the NAACP, Affirmative Action, and the HBCUs. Sounds like Democrats have bamboozled blacks. Democrats blocked the minimum wage passed by Republicans, and over $200 billion have been spent on education, health care, and job training since President Bush took office. So Democrats want to keep us poor while voting only Democrat. Democrats want us to accept same-sex marriages, teen abortions without a parent's consent, and suing the Boy Scouts for saying God in their pledge. See, we need to think and vote on our own values. Exactly. Democrats have talked the talk, but the Republicans have walked the walk. Girl, it's time for us to do do the the walk. walk. (laughs) You know it, girl. This is Jeff Carlisi from the band 38 Special. On behalf of all my conservative rocker friends, I'd like to thank the brave members of our fine armed forces for putting their lives on the line every day to protect our liberty. Thank you. Back to the Uncooperative Radio Show, Hour Two. See, I'm really glad that I that I found this, and we were talking about it because it is relevant to what's happening today. War is war, but we're not li- we're not getting the lessons of war, like you said. They're all progs that took over everything. They're not going back and learning this. We're we're never going to learn live. We're never going to live through this so-called war on terror. Brian, I said this when I was listening to the... the, um... You mean the war on Islam? Yeah, right. I'm at war with Islam. I don't know about anybody else. When I was listening to all the people saying how shocked they were that this happened uh, two weeks ago. Because you're brainwashed idiots, that's why. We all knew it was going to happen. We all told you it was going to happen, and it happened. The other thing is that they're, what they're doing, Brian, is they're testing, and they're seeing how weak they are. The next thing that's going to happen, ladies and gentlemen, I hate to say this because it's going to ramp up the number of attacks. What they're going to do is they're going, going to go house to house to house to house that's and start slaughtering being, that's people. That's what they're being encouraged to do. That's the next thing. And Remember, they're disarmed all, in Europe. All of them. Yeah. All of them. They're going to break in the doors and they're going to just slaughter people house to house to house to right. house. My, su- my suggestion lock. is arm yourselves with, but, with your butcher knives because baseball bats. Uh, no, they probably they don't play baseball over there. Cricket bats. Yeah, I don't think a cricket bat. Oh is boy, as will it? Oh as yeah, a baseball oh bat. better. It's stronger, and you do it with that little edge. You do it like an axe. You know, do it the flat side. <laughs> See, Americans know how to fight. We use everything as a weapon. Yeah, a cricket bat would be good. <clears throat> I don't mean to laugh, but... Yeah, they can't stop you from having cricket bats over there, right? You guys play cricket. Let me guess. Oh, no, you got to lock your cricket bats up in the locker before you go home, right? I, I know someone's going to contact me and tell me that's the way it is. I bet, I bet it really is like that over there. You know, they even make them lock up air rifles now. They used to compete with air rifles because they weren't allowed to have real guns. 
They'd lock those up. In the, that's old. Years ago, they'd lock those up in lockers. They couldn't bring them home. Weren't allowed to have rif- real rifles at all. So, yeah. And by the way, if you defend yourself over there, uh, you end up you end up getting in trouble with the law, not the, not the criminal. Okay. I've seen it time and time again. It, I mean, it's better to be judged by 12 than carried by 6, but uh, it's pretty ridiculous when a farmer shoots people for breaking into his house while he's home people that have broken into his house twice before this time he was ready for them and when they broke in he had a shotgun and he shot him killed one and he crippled the other one put him in a wheelchair well the english government actually paid for the attorney to sue the farmer on behalf of the injured criminal i'm kidding you not he lost the farm, by the way. It, this is what they want us to be over here. Completely defenseless. No no compunction of fighting back. Because if you fight back, you know you're going to get in trouble. So you don't fight back, right? Come on, there's a lot of guys, including myself, that allowed, allowed other men to get away with stuff that I would never have allowed to if we had a real justice system because I'd have decked his backside. But knowing full well that I would go to jail, I didn't. But it wasn't life or death. So here we go today. The technical ability to collect information, contextualize and all that, blah, 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 blah. Uh, transmit that information to an A-float commander securely and swiftly will likely remain paramount in future conflict. What made such a victory possible was that the U.S. Navy outperformed its Japanese enemy in the collection, analysis, and dissemination of intelligence at the operational and tactical levels of war. And let's also give give the people credit that flew the planes that sunk the ships, okay? or the p- people that launched them on the carrier, or the people that detected, or protected the carriers. Uh, they all, they're all part of the team. It's a team effort. But yeah, you need good intelligence. But again, it's a team effort. Good intelligence and not having the technical ability to act on it does no good. So you have to have all of it. And... When you have all of it, like they did in Midway, it all comes together. It all works, and you win. All right. It's time for the ups and downs for the week. A down from from the local, whatever that is. Uh, French President Emmanuel Macron said Donald Trump had made a historic error by abandoning the Paris Climate Agreement. I will disagree, Macron. I'm sure I disagree because not everything that comes out of your mouth. <clears throat> and urge frustrated U.S. climate scientists and entrepreneurs to come and work in France. Yeah, I'm with them. Go work in France. And cheekily adapting the nationalist slogan used by Trump on his election campaign trail, Macron urged defenders of the climate to make our planet great again. Our planet's already great, doofus. You want to make it greater? Get the government out, uh, out of it completely. They're not supposed to be in it anyway. But you wouldn't understand that, frog. 
in a TV address broadcast both in French and English, believed to be a first for a French president. Macron said he suspected Trump's decision, but I do, he respected Trump's decision, but I do think it is an actual mistake both for the U.S. and for our planet. You think and think all you want, but your brain, it doesn't work right because you're a prog. Climate change is one of the major issues of our time. No, it isn't. It is already changing our daily lives, but it is global, Macron said. Everyone is impacted, and if we do nothing, our children will know a world of migrations, of wars, of shortage, a dangerous world. It is not the future we want for ourselves. It is not the future we want for our children. It is not the future we want for our world. <laughs> uh, you think too much. You, you think too much, <laughs> Don't bother with your brain. It doesn't work. Uh, no, climate change will would bring about everything you just said. Again, typical progressive. Climate change mitigation projects would cause exactly what they're describing. Migrations of wars, shortages, and a dangerous world. Because a hungry world is a dangerous world. And progressivism brings about what? Redistribution of wealth. What always happens? People standing on lines for food because there's not enough food. Free food, but there's none of it. It's good that the government is going to provide all your food for you, but when there isn't any, what good is that? When the government no longer has food to give you, what good is that? Don't be deceived about climate. There is no plan B because there is no planet B, Macron said. You are a doofus. This is a natural cycle of the planet. Stick around. Remember it was warming and then it wasn't. And next thing you know, it'll be cooling. And it's all climate change, so it doesn't matter. But it does matter. It shows that, yes, it's cyclical. It's changing on its own. You were wrong. You said we were getting warmer, and that was going to cause climate change. That's your. That's what you're saying. You took warming out of it, but you say warming is going to cause it. But we're not warming anymore. We haven't been for a decade. So now what, Panchavilla? Oh, facts. Facts are such pesky things. And real science, too. Like computer models trump real science. The science that understands the sun uh, and EM fields of the sun and the cosmic particles and the the sea reduce, releasing carbon dioxide as it warms, not the other way around. And carbon dioxide is good for the environment because it's good for the plants. And I don't see any plants growing out of control. And if there was that much CO2, they would be because the more CO2 you give them, the more lusher they grow. That's been already proven in scientific tests under small miniature greenhouses. It's already been done. The moment CO2 pumped into it, plants outgrew and outlushed the other greenhouse that didn't have the CO2 pumped into it. So again... I don't see any trees growing out of control or anything, so I think we're pretty good. Not to mention, CO2 doesn't warm the planet. CO2 is a result of a warming planet, the warming oceans, which is natural and cyclical. And as as it's cyclical, and as the, as the water cools, which takes time, it's a giant thermal mass. It takes time to change temperatures in the ocean, okay? 
And as it gets cooler, it's going to retain more, more gases, including carbon dioxide, that are given off by creatures, creatures under the sea. Then there's the tilt of the Earth and the orbit around the sun. All these things contribute to our weather. But let's just instead focus on the most com- one of the most common parts of our atmosphere, carbon dioxide. It's everywhere. It's naturally part of the environment. And it's more than oxygen. You, you, you Everyone advises that you're being suckered into nonsense. These are computer models. This isn't science. This is computer science. Not, not you're no, no. Computer models are are just guesswork, based on the information provided. And much like the CBO and our government, when a computer programmer tells a a program when this input happens, that means this. Then that's what the computer will say it means. Doesn't matter if it's right, true, or scientific, or right, or wrong, or whatever. It's all BS, and that's what it is. But whatever you program the computer to do with X input, it's going to do. Every time. It doesn't mean it's right. It's been proved completely wrong already. Look, they use the same computer models to figure out your local weather. And they try to get the weather right every day. Have your Has yours? Because you must live in a really easy place then. Because ours never gets it right. Almost never. Forget about a 10-day forecast. And they want you to believe they can forecast 100 years from now. Based on what information? Again, you have to have the information to put it in the computer in the first place. Computer models do whatever you tell it to do, which is great for people that that want you to believe in climate change. Because the computer says it's happening. It's going to happen. It's not happening. It's not going to happen. But the computer says it is. So it is. And we got to react to that. See, once we fall into the trap of reacting to whatever that computer says, we will all be in a third world country. The whole planet will be a third world country. And that's what they want. A bunch of poor, ignorant serfs and the ruling elite. That's what they want. That's who the Obamanuses is and all their people and Soros and Jared and the whole lot of them and all the Republican progs in the, in the Congress, all of them too. They're not really, they're not conservatives. They're not really even Republicans. They're right-wing progressives. And they've polluted the Republican Party, that they are the majority, not the minority. we got a lot of clean the swamp to do before you start asking why Donald Trump isn't doing it. Because, by the way, Congress is required to do a lot of the draining of the swamp. And we don't have control of Congress. Just because Republicans do, we do not, because they are not all conservatives. The majority are not. They're progressives. Referring to Trump's idea of redrawing the 2015 Accord, he said, in the French version, we will not in any way renegotiate an agreement that is less ambitious than the present one. Good, because I don't want any of it, and then we don't have to have it at all. So pound sand. French President Emmanuel Macron said Donald Trump had made a historic effort Thursday by abandoning the climate agreement. I, I just read that. Why are we double tapping every story now? In a TV broadcast, address broadcast, both in French and English, I already read this. 
Climate change is one of the major issues of our time. It is already changing our daily lives, but it is global, McGrone said. And that was in the beginning, and that's at the end, and whatever. Global, global climate change. If you believe in man-made global climate change, you are a doofus. You are, you are the doofus of the doofus eye. You're a great little useful idiot for the left. Good for you. Believe in magic because uh, computer program models can't predict squat. They can't predict the future. No, if we could predict the future, there'd be people doing it at the track and the and uh, sporting events, gambling all over the place. You got to be kidding me. You cannot see the future. They're guessing, not seeing. They're stating fact, scientific fact that, by, uh, by the way, no respectable scientist calls science. They say just what I, that's junk science, just like I say. The whole scientific community has been full of progs that now all they want to do is whatever you're hired to do, that's what the outcome of the project is. This is science now. When they get a grant from Bluff, whether from private or government, to... They, and they say, this is the outcome we want. Well, they make they make it fit the outcome that they want. That's what scientists do now. That's not science. And there's a, there's a minority in the scientific community that know that. And they've spoken out about it. And they've signed petitions about it. Including them taking their name off the IPCC as one of the scientists that says that, oh, this is settled science. Because they didn't. And they left the project. And you didn't remove their names. There's a whole bunch of stuff people just don't know. But I'm telling you now, you just look into it. If you believe me wrong, look into it. Junk science. And there's, that. by the way, any scientist that says settled scientist is not a science. There is no settled science ever. None. New information can come down the road, changes everything. And that's, that's science. That's how science grows in its understanding of the world. Once upon a time, scientists thought the Earth was flat. Unlike uh, climate change deniers, because the idiots are the climate change believers. It's their new religion. Gaia. I worship Gaia. You worship a, a, a planet? Really? I got... God made the planet. The planet doesn't trump God's. That's kind of stupid. All right, an up down from KCPP. Two-time congressional candidate Paul Shabbat. Or Chabot, if it's French. I don't know. Let go of his political ambitions after losing to encumbered Pete Aguilar in November. The year of the outsider, 2016, may have been, but voters in the Inland Empire ultimately decided that Shabot, Shabbat, whatever, and his terrorist hunting permits were perhaps too outside for their comfort zone. So Shabbat was found, has found a new pursuit. Last week he launched the website Conservative Move. It's a business aimed at helping people leave blue states like California and move places where they might be a little more comfortable like North Texas, where Shabbat and his family moved in January. The purpose of this organization is to help other families create an opportunity where we didn't have much guidance, Shabot says. 
After the election, Chabot searched for a community that appeared to uphold the values that he and his family held dear, like safe streets and good schools. Eventually, they decided on McKinney, Texas, a city about 40 miles north of Dallas with a population around 150,000. Chabot says his move piqued the curiosity of his Facebook friends. This curiosity opened his eyes to a business opportunity. So therein came the idea of, why don't we help other people who can't feel the way we do, providing them some mechanism where they can come to us and we can at least help guide them in the right direction about how to sell their existing home and how to find a home in a conservative area of this country, starting off first in North Texas, where, where we are. Shabazz says he doesn't want people to see his company as divisive, especially in light of last year's bruising election. Instead, he hopes it will spark a conversation. Why not the left-wing lunatards are doing it in New Hampshire? We want to be able to express to people that these areas are conservative, have safer streets, better schools, Better paying jobs, lower taxes, says Shabbat. We hope that this doesn't become divisive, but it becomes a bridge that brings more and more people into this camp that loves faith, freedom, family, God, country, and apple pie. I like all of those things. And, the yeah, the left or liber- and, and deluded libertarians are trying to do this in their Hampshire taking it over with all libertarians. And they've been doing it for years, trying to get people to move there and to take it over. That, that's the, their start. We should do the same, because libertarians are more like progs than they are like conservatives. Oh yeah, open border globalists, absolutely. All right, up from cnsnews.com. EPA Director Scott Pruitt said Friday that he and the President never discussed what his views were on whether climate change is real. Their conversation was strictly confined to whether the Paris Climate Accord is good for the country. What's interesting about all the discussions we had in the last several weeks have been focused on one single issue. Is Paris good or not for this country? That's the decision I had with the President. Discussion, sorry. That's been my focus. The focus remained on whether Paris put us at a disadvantage, and in fact it did. Put us at an economic disadvantage, Pruitt said when asked whether President Donald Trump believes climate change is real and a threat to the U.S. The EPA director said the Obama administration fell short of the targets set by the Paris Agreement. You may not know this, but Paris set targets at 26 and 28 percent, With the entire agenda of the previous administration, we still fell 40% short of those targets, Bert said. It is a failed deal to begin with, and even if the targets were met by all nations across the globe, it only reduced the temperature by less than one-tenth of one degree. So, that is something that the President focused upon with respect to how it impacted us economically. And one of the legit environmental objectives that were achieved as a result of Paris. His decision was no, and that was the extent of our discussions, he said. During his confirmation hearing, Pruitt, he did, 
Pruitt, he didn't believe that climate change was a hoax, but that it was subjected subject to continuing debate. When asked what his personal view is on global warming and whether human activity contributes at all to global warming, Pruitt referenced his confirmation hearing. I don't know if you guys caught my confirmation process or not, but that that confirmation process, I indicated that, in fact, global warming is occurring, that human activity contributes to it in some manner, Pruitt said. Well, then, Pruitt, you should be fired because you're an idiot. Measuring with precision, from my perspective, the degree of human contribution is very challenging. But it still begs the question, what do we do about it, he said. Does it pose an existential threat, as some say? You know, people have called me a climate skeptic or a climate denier, he said. I would say that there are climate exaggerators. Yeah, well, try liars. Bold-faced liars. Again, the founder of the IPCC, the IPCC in the UN, the Climate Organization of the United Nations, that group was created by a progressive, a globalist, who said, I hope the creation of the Department of Climate Change will bring about one world socialist government. That's what the man said. And I'm paraphrasing, of course. It's not an exact quote. Already down from World Net Daily. High schools across America are being pressured to offer time off school in-school prayer rooms and special dietary demands by Muslim students observing the Islamic holy month of Ramadan. Really? Where are Christians placed during Christmas? Where are Jews placed to prayer during the same time period, but their own, they have their own holy days? But they bend over backwards for everything Muslim. Why? Think about it. One campus in Brooklyn has agreed not to serve food at its prom until after sundown, while another school in upstate New York is setting up prayer rooms to satisfy the demands of students who observe Ramadan. Among the Muslim groups agitating for special privileges for Muslim students are the Council on American-Islamic Relations, the Islamic Student Association, and Sound Vision. Now, let me explain how Muslims work. They come in, they claim victim card, they get you to protect them. We've given them protected class. Now they ask for special favors. We keep towing to them. Before you know it, they're in charge. That's how it happens. Study Islamic history everywhere they go. Sound Vision offers on its website a six-step guide for Muslims on how to pressure their local schools into granting religious accommodations for Islam. Then we want it for Christianity, too, and Judaism. The guidelines instruct parents to know U.S. laws about religious freedom and then get the support of a teacher. The guidelines start with the following statement. Just turn all this around into Christianity and get that going. Use the same words. Just put Christianity instead of Islam. The guidelines start with the following statement. Does your child need a prayer room to perform Zor in during lunchtime? Does he need time off for a Juma? 
Or do you want to convince a teacher or principal to give your daughter the day off for Eid al-Fitr? Whatever Islamic obligation you want accommodated at your child's school, it must be done in a methodical, clear, and proper manner. It also helps to get the local media on your side. Brooklyn Tech seniors will gather at Pier 60 in Manhattan for their prom on June the 3rd. But not all their classmates will be able to attend, lamented the local ABC affiliate, WABC-TV. The American Broadcasting of Communism. That's because the party this year falls during Ramadan, a month-long time of fasting and prayer. In an online petition started by the Muslim Student Association, an offshoot of the extremist Muslim Brotherhood, students are asking school officials to move the prom to another day. In an effort to accommodate the MSA, school officials said they won't allow food to be served at the prom until after Muslim fasting ends at 9 p.m. The principal also met with the MSA Tuesday to make sure this never happens again, WABC reported. Special accommodations for Islam in U.S. public schools is a trend that is gaining steam. And it is happening at the school time schools. At the same time, schools are eliminating Christian holidays or changing them to generic time off. Christmas is now winter break and Easter is spring break. Just last week, the largest school district in Saratoga County in upstate New York announced it will open special prayer rooms on campus where Muslim students can pray during school hours during Ramadan. The Shenandoah High School principal told CBS 6, that communist broadcasting service, that two classrooms are being set aside exclusively for Muslim prayer during the Islamic holiday. One parent sent CBS 6 a letter of complaint stating, Since prayer for other religious, other religions was removed from school years ago, I feel as Shenandoah has crossed the line on allowing this on campus. A, woman complaint, a woman's complaint was in response to an email from the Shenandoah High School principal to students and parents addressing the month of Ramadan. The letter states in part, Prayer occurs on a daily basis for practicing Muslims. This can be challenging in today's modern public high school. It's it's a challenge for Islam to get along with civilization, period. To meet their personal religious obligations, Room 65 in High School West and Room 109 in High School East have have been set aside so students can incorporate this important aspect of their religion into their daily activities while at school. A school spokesperson told CBS 6 the decision was made after the high school principal met with the leader of a local mosque in an attempt to improve the school's cultural proficiency. She said the school can't refuse a student's request to leave class for required prayer and the on-campus prayer room allows Muslim students to return to class quickly after praying. Required prayer? Required by who? The Catholic student's priest required a student to say the rosary during school hours Would the school officials comply by offering a special safe space? These are all questions parents should be asking, say Christian counselors and activists. Schools such as Liberty High School in Frisco, Texas, as well as high schools in Minnesota, Stan, and Michiganistan, have opened permanent Muslim prayer rooms, as previously reported by WorldNet Daily. These cases demonstrate the breakneck pace at which America is bowing before the demands of Islamic Sharia law, says Michelle Bachman, former congresswoman from Minnesota Stan. 
Islamic law insists on societal domination everywhere, including in Western Christianized races, uh, <clears throat> nations like the U.S. and the U.K. Nowhere can anyone point to an example of an Islamic nation that allows the advancement of Christianity or Judaism. In fact, our faiths are denigrated by them. In Islamic-dominated countries, Christians and Jews are persecuted and killed, Bachman said. In the biblical lands of Judea and Samaria, in Israel, Arab communities post large signs saying no Jews allowed. Islam is neither tolerant nor willing to coexist with other religions, she said, yet it demands that other religions not only tolerate it, but observe its holidays in the public institutions of non-Muslim societies. That's because they're, they're softly working you over during silent jihad. Believe me, their power grows in the United States every day. And they are doing jihad, but you, you, you don't know it. They don't tell you. They're not allowed to. It's silent jihad. This is the time when they claim victimhood and get special accommodations until they can build power and numbers up, and then they will take over the country. That's how they do things. We're falling right into their laps. That's because Prague thinks Islam and they have something they can work they can work together to bring about one global world of socialism. They don't understand that Islam doesn't doesn't allow any other ideology within it. There is no socialism allowed. No communism allowed. Just Islam. And they redistribute wealth too to themselves and the military. Well, Islam is here to stay, and I suggest we get it out of the country and stop bringing them in. Again, God warns against bringing evil into your house. The country is our house. Okay, so segment two, do you know what the patent office is up to? Wow, I thought that was going to be on the end. I cut that off the description because I knew we were going to do all of it. What are you doing to me? Oh, I see. Coffee, thank you. I went to put my water down. and It's in the dark here. We're in the dark. The studio's in the dark. What are we going to do? <laughs> uh, do you know what the patent office is up to? Why did some U.S. companies endorse... I don't know, because it doesn't say. You, jumped, you chopped it off. I did. Why did some U.S. companies endorse what? And that's not, not how you spell endorse, anyway. anyway before, why did some U.S. companies endorse? The Paris Accords. The Paris Accords? Yeah. And before we go This is on, about patents. And then the second part is, why did some U.S. companies endorse the patent, the Paris Accord? Oh, we're going to talk about that. I know, I didn't. It's a knee, not a knee. I know. Oh, she wants to go to break again. This is your Crawford Radio Show. You stay tuned, cause We'll be right back. You live here? Yes. Well, maybe you know what a zombie is. When a person dies and is buried, it seems a certain voodoo priest who... Who have the power to bring him back to life. Horrible. It's worse than horrible because a zombie has no will of his own. You see them sometimes 
Walking around blindly with dead eyes, following orders, not knowing what they do, not caring. You mean like Democrats? Attention, users of the blood-thinning drug Xarelto. If you took the drug Xarelto and experienced complications such as cerebral hemorrhage, gastrointestinal bleeding, or other internal bleeding, or if a loved one has died after taking Xarelto, you may be eligible to get a cash award for your suffering. Call the Xarelto Help Hotline now at 855-719-3101, 855-719-3101. To qualify for a cash settlement, you must file a claim before the deadline. So don't miss your opportunity for a cash settlement. Call 855-719-3101 now for a free no-obligation consultation. Our call center is open 24-7. So if you took the drug Xarelto and experienced cerebral hemorrhage, gastrointestinal bleeding, or other internal bleeding, or if a loved one has died after taking Xarelto, call the Xarelto Help Hotline at 855-719-3101, 855-719-3101. That's 855-719-3101. What is term life insurance? It's basically a financial protection plan for your family if you pass away. It can be a hard purchase. Think about it. It's one of the few major purchases you can make that you will personally never use. But you've got to have it to protect your family. And you owe it to yourself to shop and compare to get the best possible rates. For term life insurance policies of $500,000 or more, call the term lifeline today at 800-430-1891. 800-430-1891. See if you qualify for up to $1 million in coverage for as little as $3 a day. We'll gladly compare multiple carriers to get you the best possible rates. So call now. 800-430-1891. 800-430-1891 Sample rate cited requires qualifying medically in the preferred non-tobacco rate class. Opening a Registered Nurse's Eyes, a life-altering journey across North America by Susan Francis Bonner is available in ebook form for Kindle owners at Amazon.com for $7.99. It is also available at CircleBPublications.com in EPUB format, which should cover most of you for $7.99. This true story chronicles the changes Susan witnessed in nursing, the medical field, and in our nation during the years 1998 to 2002. It is written to expose what goes on behind the scenes concerning health care in this country, the common problems our nation faces, and what it is like to live across North America as a travel nurse. It is not politically correct or for the faint of heart. She hopes to inspire her fellow Americans to stand up for what is right and persevere no matter what the difficulties they encounter on the great journey that is called life. Again, the novel is Opening a Registered Nurse's Eyes, a life-altering journey across North America by Susan Francis Bonner, available in ebook format at Amazon.com and CircleBPublications.com. At 28, I had struggled with opiate and meth addiction for 12 years. I did and said things that the sober me never would have done. One day I realized I was not invincible. I was not exempt. And that's when a friend told me about elite rehab placement. They gave me the tools I needed to get sober. And all it took was the one phone call. 
Elite Rehab can help you start to break your addiction problem and get sober in as little as seven days. And we'll work with your insurance provider to help cover the costs. Plus, we have travel assistance programs to get you here by plane or train. Make this free call right now to learn more. 800-917-2194 That's 800-917-2194 Okay, and welcome back to the Aquabit Radio Show. Our half of two. Bing. All right, you know what the patent office is up to. First, from Find Law. A patent is a right granted to an inventor by the national government that permits the inventor to exclude others from making, selling, or using the invention for a period of time. The patent system is designed to encourage inventions that are unique and useful to society. Congress was given the power to grant patents in the Constitution. That's right. Not to give money to people for doing things, inventions and such, and science and arts. No. No, no. It protects intellectual property. That's its only role. Okay, um, it's a good thing you're saying that, because I'm on um, Article 1, Section 8. And this is another thing with the scientist. It says, to promote the progress of science and useful arts by securing for limited times to authors and inventors the exclusive right to their respective writings and discoveries. Yep. That's it. That's it. And they use that to give your money to scientists to do nonsense. Unconstitutional. Only thing they're supposed to do, they're not doing, by the way, because under Obama's, he changed the patent office rules from first invented to first filed to put us more in line with the international community. Why does everything get, why does everything get invented in America? Because we protected intellectual property rights from big companies that would swoop in and steal people's, steal their intellectual property and pay them nothing. Because they filed first, and the other guy was too poor to file, see? He didn't have the money. That's how it works. That's not how it's supposed to work. It's supposed to be first invented. It doesn't matter if somebody files on your patent first. If you can prove you invented it before that date, well, you get it. The other guy doesn't. But not anymore. It doesn't matter if you invented it first. The other guy filed first. Now, that... That's something Obama just did unilaterally, and that means Trump can undo it unilaterally. And maybe he already has, and I haven't heard about it, but I'd like to hear about it. Because it needs to be put back the way it was. The rest of the world needs to get in step with America. This is the problem with these progs. Constantly since we started out over here. we got to keep up with the Europeans. That's why we have these giant... Capital buildings with fancy this, that, and the other thing. Keeping up with the Europeans, you have to. You have to. We want to impress the Europeans. That's all they want to do. That's all we hear now. We should be more like Europeans. Why the hell we want to be like Europeans? I don't want to be European. If I wanted to be European, I would have emigrated and went to Europe. See, and that's the reason the Prague's are are having a complete meltdown. 
because Trump said, and every time he does something, he says, I, when he did the Paris uh, court, he said, I represent something, something Pennsylvania, not Paris. And the yeah, Prague, where, that's where he was speaking in Pennsylvania. And the Prague's are going crazy because he said he is representing the United States of America. Right. Nobody else. Oh, you heard, they you heard what Lurch said. Crazy. You heard Lurch said because, of course, he's the one that negotiated this crappy treaty. It wasn't, a, and it wasn't a treaty. It was an agreement. You can't have agreements. They're treaties. You just can't change the word like Prague's do, and that changes the Constitution. It doesn't work that way. All of the tra- all of the agreements, trade agreements or otherwise, have to be no, ratified void. by the Senate. Yeah. If As treaties. If it's not ratified by the Senate, it is not the law of the land, and it shall not be followed. So, his, it, it's unconstitutional on its face. They keep pointing out, it's not a treaty. Yes, it is a treaty. It has requirements for us to do things. It's a treaty that we're agreeing to. A treaty is an agreement. You know that, right? It's just because just you say it's not a treaty, it's an agreement. A, treat, a treaty is an agreement, moron. It's an agreement between two countries. So, yes, they're trade treaties. Prague's just like to label, relabel everything to make it confusing and or dumbfounding to us peons. They do it. They do it on purpose. All their labels are exactly the opposite of who they are. Well, again, and that's they sound why... like they're 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 for guns. They're not. No, they're anti-gunners. <laughs> they, 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 the name says no. No, it doesn't matter. They're anti-gunners. And that's why they're having a meltdown because he is sticking to his words. He's representing the United States of America. It is no longer a global world anymore. I, I hope he really starts talking to some scientists with intellect and uh, not people that the Kushners are going to bring around. Oh, you know, Kushners, they weren't happy about this either. They want they wanted this deal. The, the left-wing progs, they're globalists. You can just tell by the way they the way they be, talk and the the things they say. They're they're globalists. I don't know why Trump keeps them around. I mean, I, maybe just to hear the op- opposite side, just to give it a chance to, you know, he isn't he does listen. So maybe he wants to hear that other side, and that's why they're around. Would you? No. <laughs> I, I I've or I already know about this stuff. No one has to tell me about it, uh, but. Yeah, I would listen to people, but not like no. Nah, nah, I don't want I don't want them as part of my administration because if my if they're going to be undermining my administration, that doesn't work for me. I I would definitely have some people uh, that I know that were progressives that I could call to get their opinion on things. But I don't I I probably wouldn't bother because I've never had a progressive say anything to me that was worth reading. So why would I want to listen to them? See, he doesn't really know U.S. history and the Constitution, and that's where his failings are, and that's where I said his failings were going to be. I said, we're not going to be happy with everything he does. Because he is not, in no way, shape, or form, a conservative. Uh, You know, a hardline conservative. He's just just not. He's from New York, New Jersey area, where conservatives are, well, not so conservative, you know. But he's trying. And he's trying to really make it, things, even though he's, he believes, he thinks climate change is real and so does Pruitt. Uh, the point was, is this deal good for America? And the answer always had to be no. 
Is this good for American economy? No. It's so then you get Lurch coming out. Oh, he made a huge mistake. It's taking us out of a leadership position and calling the world and I don't want to be in a leadership position in the world. I'll lead from example, thank you. And I think Trump's doing a good job of it. Uh, yeah, let them all sink together. Let the rats sink with the ship. Yeah, and no surprise. Uh, Kerry would come out and people listen to him. That's what bothers me. Uh, he's the one that negotiated that piece of crap treaty. And climate change is junk science. It doesn't exist. It was made up. The whole carbon credit thing was made up by the guy who created Enron. That's right, because it's another scam. The whole climate credit, carbon credit thing, that's a scam, baby. That's a really big scam. And it, it just steals money from the people. I just love that France wants our scientists. I still love our, our progressive scientists. <laughs> yeah. Because they're not scientists. If they believe in climate change, they just call themselves oh, a scientist. Oh my God, can we yeah. ship everyone to France? There's a whole lot of scientists that, that are progressive that need to go because we've politicized everything. We being, we've allowed it to be done by progressives. They have a giant bureaucracy of, of progressives. Go to France. That run the whole country. That's the problem. The national government is not supposed to help us. That's not their job unless we're being invaded. And we are. And they're not helping us. And by the way, everyone that says the wall's not going to be built. Donald Trump keeps coming out and saying what? Oh, you bet it's going to be built. And you might not know this. Because you're not on my social media. That, uh, <laughs> because otherwise you would know it. And I forgot what I was going to say. The wall. Oh, uh, a section of the wall has already been built. One section of the wall has already been built. I even got to see a picture of it. So, saying it's, it's already started, so how can you say it's not going to be built? And they're trying to find creative ways of funding it. Oh, Mexico will eventually pay for the wall. Through trade through trade, dis- trade disparities, or saying we're not, we won't trade with you. Either way, Mexico loses. NAFTA was good for Mexico, and look, they still didn't take off. NAFTA was good for Mexico, and Mexico still is a giant hole of people that are poor and hungry. Why? Because their government sucks, that's why. Their government is a nanny government. That's why. And that's what happens with nanny governments. Everybody's miserable equally. Thank you, social justice warriors. We have social justice now. We're all starving. We should all die together. (laughs) I know that's what some frog would say. A smart one, anyway. Oh, there are smart progressives. They're just... uh, they're just brain damaged. All right, so this is patent law again where we're talking about what changed and what needs to be changed back, right? The patent system is designed to encourage inventions that are unique and useful to society. Congress has given the power to grant patents in the Constitution and federal statutes and rules govern patents. Yes, well, federal statutes are made pursuant to the law, which is the Constitution, and... Rules govern patents. Yes, they make rules, which is also law, by the way. This is what maybe this person doesn't understand. The Constitution is the law. 
federal statutes a statutory law made in pursuant to law to power granted in the law, the Constitution. And the rules are laws created from the statutes to govern patents. I hope did that clear it up for you? Yeah. That's why you're here to yeah. make sure I, right. people understand me. Well, that's why the, why did the founding fathers think this was important? Because this, it said it right, encourages inventions that are unique and useful to society. It said it right in the first paragraph. Right. And they, see, this is what people don't understand. They believed in government, but they believed government had its place and was limited. Government is a necessary evil, to quote at least one of them. And this was one of the things that they were concerned about because of... Um, oh, yes. And Obamanists just put the rules, changed the rules so that, yeah, now people are getting their information stolen from them. Their, their right. Because of other countries that were inventing things at the time as well. And other countries steal, steal from the patent office as well. Even if this is, a, this is the catch-22. The patent has to be filed. The patent has to be detailed. The patent has to have... Explain everything, including diagrams, circuits, diagrams. Everything has to be has to be filed for a patent because it has to prove that it's unique. So the whole thing has to be presented. Okay, that is on file. You're protected in the United States. You could sue anybody you want if they try if they take that and invent it. They can't because. You already filed for the patent, and in the way it used to be, you had already created it. You can prove you created it before that person filed for the patent, so you you are protected. However, we were never protected from countries stealing it, because you see, they have access to the same World Wide Web that we do, and they can access those records just like we can. And as I explained, everything that they need to know about building it is in the patent. So they, Russia and China has been stealing our stuff for decades from the patent office. That's why invent something. We already did it. It's just, you know, that's how they feel. And they're right. But, but what the hell? <clears throat> of course, that's theft of intellectual property. It's something that's got to have to be dealt with by President Trump. If it ever finds out about it, it's so much on his plate already. I know. I can't. I mean, really, the the mess he's he's been handed, and this deep state silent coup crap, and Obamaists not going away and working against his agenda uh, in public. This has never happened before. Never. At least in modern history, I, I, a lot of stuff happened back in the day, but they didn't have television. Uh, I'm just saying. Uh, I. I what a mess. It did, the whole government is a giant mess, and they're fighting tooth and nail to keep, keep every mess. piece of it they could possibly hold on to. They're going to fight tooth and nail for everything. They're not letting anything go. That's because it's their agenda. They can't. You're rolling back their their progress. You can't do that. But the problem is your progress is progressing us to serfdom. Oh, that's a good book, by the way. The Road to Serfdom by Frederick A. Hayek. I told you, pen and paper, not only for the commercials, because you got to call that phone number in the commercial, else we don't get paid, but, you know, also because we tell you all kinds of stuff, and uh, you might want to jot it down. The U.S. Patent and Trademark Office, USPTO, 
Grant Stewart patents for inventions that meet statutory criteria. The following provides a general overview of what is a patent is. Of course, it's not just patents, it's trademark and copyrights as well to protect all intellectual property. Gotta go to Brain Show Cooperative Radio Show. You stay tuned, cause we'll be right back. <laughs> Pretty sure what's killing the crops is this Brondo stuff. The Brondo's got what plants crave. It's got electrolytes. So wait a minute. What you're saying is that you want us to put water on the crops? Yes. Water. Like out the toilet? Well, I mean, it doesn't have to be out of the toilet, but, but yeah, that's the idea. But Brondo's got what plants crave. It's got electrolytes. Okay, look. The plants aren't growing, so I'm pretty sure that the Brondo's not working. Now, I'm no botanist, but I do know that if you put water on plants, they grow. Oh, well, I've never seen no plants grow out of no toilet. Hey, that's good. You sure you ain't the smartest guy in the world? Yeah. <laughs> okay, look, you want to solve this problem? I want to get my pardon, so why don't we just try it, okay? And not worry about what plants crave. Brondo's got what plants crave. Yeah, it's got electrolytes. What are electrolytes? Do you even know? It's what they use to make Brondo. Yeah, but why do they use them to make Brondo? Because Brondo's got electrolytes. Some political watchers are saying this could be the nastiest, most negative election season of all time. This campaign season seems like candidates have taken dirty to a whole new level. When pundits start shouting and politicians start calling each other's names... It can seem like a return to civility is not possible. Like the the very idea is a relic of some bygone bygone era. John Adams is a blind, bald, crippled, toothless man who wants to start a war with France. While he's not busy importing mistresses from Europe, he's trying to marry one of his sons to a daughter of King George. Haven't we had enough monarchy in America? I'm Thomas Jefferson, and I approve this message because John Adams is a hideous, hermaphroditical character with neither the force and firmness of a man nor the gentleness and sensibility of a woman. If Thomas Jefferson wins, murder, robbery, rape, adultery, and incest will be openly taught and practiced. The air will be rent with the cries of the distressed. The soil will be soaked with blood and the nation black with crimes. Are you prepared to see your dwellings in flames, female chastity violated, children writhing on a pike? I'm John Adams, and I approve this message because Jefferson is the son of a half-breed Indian squaw raised on hoe cakes, and Hamilton is a Creole bastard brat of a Scotch peddler. The nastiest, most negative elections... Candidates have taken dirty to a whole new... It can seem like a return to civility is not possible. President Trump called me and informed me he was firing Director Comey. I told the President, Mr. President, with all due respect, you are making a big mistake. Senator Harry from Nevada says Comey broke the law. One Democratic lawmaker is calling on Comey to resign. The FBI director, okay, you violated these two protocols. That kind of an ambiguity bomb this close to election was a terrible lapse in judgment. I agree with Eric Holder. I think here, 
Um, Director Comey made a great mistake. I call it an October betrayal of long-standing FBI protocol. Sitting FBI director has abused his power. Was acting in concert and coordination with the House Republicans. End of story. I think that uh, Comey acted in an outrageous way. Should he step down? I think he should take a hard look at uh, what he has done, uh, and I think it would not be a bad thing for the American people. Do you believe that uh, Jim Comey should resign, Senator Reid? Of course. The answer is that he resigns by midnight tonight. All I can tell you is the FBI director has no credibility. I am officially running for president of the United States. Could he actually win? No freaking way! Which Republican <laughs> candidate has the best chance of winning the general election? Donald Trump. <laughs> There's not going to be a president, Donald Trump. Trump will not be president. Trump will never be elected president of the United States. You're not going to be president. A man right? who will never be president of the United States. Donald Trump is not going to be president of the United States. Take it to the bank. He will never be president. Donald Trump is not going to become president of the United States. She said plus 19. Do you think the tapes made a difference? Of course! They made all the difference! This race is over. Hillary Clinton has raised more than double Donald Trump, vastly outspending him. The presidency at about 89% for Hillary Clinton. Uh, your analytical model has uh, never been wrong. Now projects Hillary Clinton to win presidential election. 100% chance. You still think she has a 100% chance of winning the election? Mm. I do. And what would Donald Trump have to do to turn things around? Prayer and hope for a festivist miracle. <laughs> this is CNN's coverage of election night in America. The fight for the presidency. We don't care. Oh, okay, have Kentucky. Who cares? Kentucky. Don't no, care about Indiana. Don't care. Indiana with it's West Virginia, Oklahoma, Tennessee, Mississippi, South Carolina, Alabama, Kansas, Nebraska, and Wyoming with its vote North Dakota and South Dakota, Texas. Uh, up and down the middle of the country, all red. Arkansas, Louisiana, the state of Montana, Missouri. Yes. It was at 80% an hour ago for Clinton. What is it now? 68%. Okay, uh, God damn it, I'm nervous. Ohio. Cooperative Radio Show, Hour 3. And back to patents. What is a patent? Patent categories. There are three different kinds of patents. Utility patents, design patents, and plant patents. Utility patents, the most common type of patent, these are granted to new machines, chemicals, and processes. Design patents, granted to protect the unique appearance or design of manufactured objects, such as the surface ornamentation or overall design of the object. Plant patents, granted for the invention and asexual reproduction of new and distinct plant varieties, including 
hybrids. Asexual reproduction means the plant is reproduced by means other than from seeds, such as by grafting or rooting of cuttings. Determining what is patentable. The basics. For an invention to qualify for a patent, it must be both novel and non-obvious. An invention is novel if it is different from other similar inventions in one or more of its parts. It also must not have been publicly used, sold, or patented by another inventor within a year of the date the patent application was filed. This rule reflects the public policy favoring quick disclosure of technological progress. An invention to, uh, is non-obvious if someone who is skilled in the field of the invention would consider the invention an unexpected or surprising development. Naturally occurring substances and laws of nature, even if they are newly discovered, cannot be patented. Abstract principles, fundamental truths, calculation methods, and mathematical formulas are also not patentable. A process that uses such a formula or method can be patented, however. For example, a patent has been granted for an industrial process for molding rubber articles that depends upon a mathematical equation and involves the use of a computer program. A patent cannot be obtained for a mere idea or suggestion. The inventor must have figured out the concrete means of implementing his or her ideas in order to get a patent. A patent also will not be granted for an invention with no legal purpose or for an unsafe drug. Usefulness. An inventor applying for a utility patent must prove that the invention is useful. The invention must have some beneficial use and must be operable. A machine that will not operate to perform its intended purpose would not be called useful and therefore would not be granted a patent. A useful invention may not qualify for a utility patent only if it fail, falls into one of five categories. A process, a machine, a manufacturer, a composition of matter, or an improvement of one of these. Meaning the aforementioned. A process is a method of treating material to produce a specific physical change in the character or quality of the material, generally industrial or technological process. A machine is a device that uses energy to get work done. The term manufacturer refers to a process in which an article is made by the art or industry of people. A composition of matter may include a mixture of ingredients or a new chemical compound. An improvement is an addition to an alteration of a known process. Machine, manufacture, or composition. Example of patentable items. These categories include practically everything made by humans and the process for making the products. Example of things that are patentable include computer, software, and hardware, chemical formulas and processes, genetically engineered bacteria, plants, and animals, drugs, medical devices, furniture design, jewelry, fabrics and fabric design, and musical instruments, applying for patent protection. Why is it, why is the, the plant? Because they're not, they're asexually produced. In other words, 
They're making uh, a unique plant by genetically engineering it either through DNA or from cuttings or from rootings, not from seed. Okay, but um, because when it I makes say- a, a unique whatever, like tomatoes, hybrid tomatoes. There's all different kinds of hybrid tomatoes. Each hybrid has its own patent. Okay, because I'm I'm always thinking about you know the MS whatever the mod of you know those stupid modified plants and vegetables. Oh, oh no, it's that too. I know, but that's that um, that includes what you're just saying, like when a regular garden gardener is just deciding yeah, so, to yeah well, greenhouse people that run nurseries they, right where they take rootings and they you know take, take cuttings and make rootings or cuttings and they and they what they do is they splice it onto the plant another plant's roots and then that that's a hybrid why because the root ball is important for what climate you're in so like when i was in florida they had to have a hot weather different kind of root ball with this kind of that i wanted peach trees grafted onto it and when you make when you do stuff like that and make something unique it's patentable but it has to be unique and obviously useful and obviously blah, blah, blah. All right. Uh, applying for a patent. Unlike a copyright, a patent does not arise automatically. An inventor must apply for a patent. The inventor must apply within one year of publicly disclosing the invention, such as by publishing a description of the invention or offering it for sale. An inventor or his or her attorney generally makes a preliminary patent search before applying for a patent to determine if it is feasible to proceed with the application. Okay, this bothers me. Everything that we have to do, why do we have to have lawyers? Why do we have to have consultants? Why do we have to have CPAs? You know, the you family, don't, you don't. It's I just know. a laborious process to search the archives and and if you don't if you're not familiar with it, it's even much harder. You know, the founding fathers set up our republic so that we the people no matter what education level no matter where we came from no matter where we live were able so to access our government we've been miseducating people for dec- decades now uh almost half a century that drives me crazy they're not just educated like, anymore nobody's just, educated they're just full of nonsense just like the whole stupid 501c3 God forbid, you you have to have a 501c3 from the federal government yeah, to get anything. Well, see, they're not even supposed to be involved in the charities and all that stuff anyway. So there you go. There's the problem. And the states and the cities and oh, the Oh, but you want non-tax, but you have to do that. No, you, why do we? States are supposed to be more important than the federal government. Right. Why, why do I have to have a federal government to do non-profit work in my state when I have my state non-profit? State nonprofit is worthless. You have to get a federal, or you don't get, nobody donates anything because they want that federal tax break. Again, all of, under, I, last time I checked under Donald's plan, all those deductions are going away. That's a good thing. We need a flat tax, no deductions. Everybody pays their fair share. No, uh, no ifs and asks about it. And I'm against him saying he's keeping, the home mortgage deduction, horse crap. You don't get a deduction because you own a home. Why are you more important than someone who rents? It's not equal protection under the law. It's wrong. Flat tax is the only thing that's legal. Even under the 16th Amendment, they require equal protection under the law. And that means everybody gets charged the same percentage. No matter what it is, no matter how rich you are. 
and that and it's oh so fair because if you're poor you may have to send in a dollar but if you're a billionaire you're going to send in millions see right? that's how it works percent a ten percent of a billion dollars is a lot more than ten percent of ten thousand dollars trust me so they're paying more than their fair share because but it's fair and they will think so too, and they'll be fine with. They won't hide stuff. They'll pay it. It's happened throughout history because it is fair. They don't, right now they don't see it as fair. They're being persecuted for being successful. Why should they? Why should they want to pay those taxes? Flat tax. I'm telling you, everybody's happy. Just everybody pays. I don't care if you tape a dime to a card and send it to the treasury. If that's ten percent of what you earned all year, fine. That's how you do it. It's just like tithing to your church. Notice the church always wants 10%, right? But it gets 10% from everybody. It doesn't say your rich people have to give you 90%, right? No, that, of course not. So we're gonna, that's, that's kind of a fair system. Let's let's go in, let's go deal with that. Let's do that. I like that. I want to do that. And I never want to see a consumption tax ever. It's the dumbest idea on the planet. And if you have to write a book about a tax that's uh, when we're trying to simplify our tax code and you have to write a book explaining how your tax plan no and if it has anything to do with consumption tax no why because you guarantee the government x percent of your gdp no matter what and i don't want that i want the government shrunk back into its constitutional box which means we don't give them money just for existing they have to come to the states and ask for that money that's when we get rid of the 16th Amendment. That's how it works. They have to get it from the states. And it has to, and they have to justify what they're asking for from the states, which, which deals with that. And we deal with our local government and our state government and what they want to take from us. See, that's how that works. We're most able to, to actually control our local government than we are the national government. It might be, people might be confused. Some people never go to elections unless it's a presidential election. What is wrong with you? Every election is important. And if you don't know that by now, you're you're in these bubbles. And I'm sorry. I know where they are. I lived in one of them. New York is a bubble. And California is a bubble. The left, whole left coast is a bubble. And uh, the Northeast is turning into a bubble. And on and on it goes. Uh, we're, in, we're in a sad state of affairs. Because, because of the all, because of the kids. We, let them ruin their brains. What are they supposed to do? Their degree is in nonsense. No one will hire them for that. And they have no critical learning ability, so they can't learn on their own. So how are they ever going to get a, become gainfully employed? They don't know how to learn. I used to take new jobs all the time because I'd get bored with the old job, look for another job, learn something new, and I'd go get another job. Because I knew I could learn anything and quickly. And in a small amount of time, shoot past most people. So I was always employable. Even if I didn't know the job, I would just tell them, I'd give my past, everything, say, I am a quick learner. I can pick up anything. And I'd prove, I'd prove my case right. Get hard. I, I get hired all the time. I used to make all kinds of... I made one guy a deal. I'll work for you for a week. If you're not happy with me, you fire me. You don't owe me a penny. If you want me, 
You hire me and you pay me for that week. And at the end of the week, he paid me. And I stayed on. That's how, th- that's how things should be, not unions. You can't do that if there's a union. You can't negotiate like that if there's a union. You can't do it. You can't ask for a raise because he can't give you a raise because you're you're a part of collective bargaining. You The union tell, tells you what you're going to get paid after they negotiate with the employer. Everybody gets the same, whether you're good at your job or you stick at your job. Everyone gets the same money. Again, this is progressive ideas that don't work. Never have, never will, and has failed already. What's the matter? Okay, thank you. All right, where am I now? Um, um, the, the application and fee are submitted to the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office, where it's reviewed by a patent examiner. And again, uh, the, the attorney doesn't actually go and look through the patents either. They they have a paralegal that does that. That's that's why they do. That's why you could pay them because they have these paralegals that do nothing but research law. So they know what they're doing. Um. If a patent is granted, the inventor must pay another fee, and the government publishes a description of the invention and its use. Only a patent attorney or patent agent may prosecute patents before the PTO. Before a person may be licensed as a patent attorney or patent agent, she must have a degree in certain technical and scientific fields. Utility and plant patents last for 20 years from the application date. Design patents last for 14 years if the owner of a utility patent does not pay maintenance fees. The patent will expire earlier. After a patent expires, the invention becomes public property and can be used or sold by anyone. For example, after the patent on Tylenol expired, other pharmaceutical companies began producing a generic version of the drug. Patent infringement. If an inventor thinks someone has used his or her patent invention without permission, he or she may bring a lawsuit against the infringer. If the court agrees, it may award the patent holder costs, attorney's fees, damages, an amount equal to a reasonable royalty, and an injunction, an order prohibiting another person from infringing the patent. An action for infringement can be time-consuming and so and costly, so infringement cases often are settled. All right, from WorldNet Daily. The U.S. Supreme Court recently ruled on behalf of consumers in a lawsuit by Lexmark International, the maker of computer printer ink cartridges. The company wanted to control what happens to its cartridges after they are sold, seeking to prevent anyone from uh, refilling them instead of buying a new one. Let's, let's, let's be wasteful, more waste. Throw away those cartridges, keep buying new ones, don't get them refilled. Don't refill them yourself. What? I know. I you can't do it. You can't do that with my printer. However, my Kodak printer. Every time I buy a refilled cartridge, it fails. It it just puts too much wetness on the paper. It's just horrible. So I so for that I I, I have to buy the Kodak brand stuff. It's it's what works. All right, so uh, seeking to prevent anyone from 
refilling it instead of buying a new one. The high court rejected the claim, which was a big win for individuals' right to repair and modify the products they own, according to the Electronic Frontier Foundation, a leading privacy advocacy group. But the issue is far from resolved. Commentary writer Elliot Harmon warned on the EFF site, The U.S. Patent Office just granted a patent on the shape of a Ford automotive windshield. Why would a company want a patent on the shape of a window? Harmon points out that any replacement glass needs to be the same shape as the original. The patent office continues to issue stupid design patents like Ford's windshield patent. It risks giving manufacturers carte blanche to decide who can repair their products, and customers will pay the price, he wrote. The background to the warning is the Impression Products, Inc. versus Lexmark International, Inc., case in which the Supreme Court affirmed a consumer's right to own the things you buy. Lexmark attacked the argument that once the owner of a patented product, such as an ink cartridge, sells a product, the owner cannot later claim the product's use or further sale is an infringement of its rights. This principle prevents patent owners from controlling goods after sale and interfering with your right to resell, tinker with, and understand the things you own, EFF said. Lexmark warned consumers on the cartridge's disposal packaging that the company maintains an ongoing claim to control its use. When Impression Products began refilling used cartridges and selling them, Lexmark sued. Lower carts ruled in favor of Lexmark, but the Supreme Court reversed the company's attempts to restrict the use of products after they have been purchased by the consumer. Chief Justice John Roberts wrote in that case, Take a shop that restores and sells used cars. The business works because the shop can rest assured that so long as those bringing in the cars own them, the shop is free to repair and resell those vehicles. That smooth flow of commerce would sputter if companies that make a thousand, thousands of parts that go onto a vehicle could keep their patent rights after the first sale. Those companies might, for instance, restrict resale rights and sue the shop owner for patent infringement. And even if they refrain from imposing such restrictions, the very threat of patent liability would force the shop to invest in efforts to protect itself from hidden lawsuits. Harmon explained why the windshield shape patent deserves to be a named stupid patent of the month. Unlike utility patents, design patents have only one claim and usually have little or no written description. The patent only covers the non-functional design of a certain product. But design and utility patents are alike in an important way. Both are intended to reward novelty. According to U.S. law, the patent office should issue design patents only for sufficiently new and original designs. By that test alone, it's easy to see that the windshield patent should never have been issued. So, the question is why Ford demanded a patent on a windshield shape? One possible reason is that it's the automotive industry's latest attempt to control the market for repair. If the shape of your windshield is patented by Ford, then no one else can replace it without risking costly patent litigation to come Explain. And that's what, like, if I go to Safe Light, they wouldn't be able to right. 
you, have, you have to go to a dealer. You have to go to a dealer. That's what they want. That's why I tried to tell my neighbor a uh, long time ago, this was settled by the courts, decades upon decades, that uh, you do not have to take your vehicle to the dealer during its warranty period for your warranty to be enforced. You are allowed to take your anywhere you want to go as long as you keep your receipts. That's so that they know you did the monthly, you know, you got to have a receipt saying we did all this. That's required on the on whatever month they have to go in for an overall inspection and blah 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 all that stuff under the warranty under the warranty even changing of oil and all that stuff you do not have to go to the dealer so don't because they're more expensive unless you have a bunch of idiots running shops around you then probably the dealer is your best place to go because they they at least go to school for that stuff they they at least somewhat know what they're doing in which case you might want to pay the extra to get the dealership techs working on your vehicle but for oil changes and stuff that's just a waste of money anyone can do an oil change anybody anyone can change spark plugs too i don't know why you have to take it any place all right aff said it's not the first time such a concept has been evident at ford in 2015 it sued the manufacturer of an independent diagnostic tool yeah they love to do this too uh, I, I <laughs> they did that to my vehicle. All the codes I have, mine is an old one, and it has a code reader built in. So if, if there's an error, it comes up with a binary, some kind of code, whatever they called it, it's number code, and you have to know what the number code means. And Land Rover won't release that information, so you don't know what the codes mean. It does you no good to have the code reader because you still gotta go to the dealer to find out what it means. Cute. Yeah. I'm just that was a good example of what they just say, but they let them do that to us. I don't understand. <laughs> they did it. They successfully did it in North America. So I guess I don't know. They were I don't, maybe they filed something special. I don't know how they managed to do that. Keep their code secret. And, uh, and uh, back to that. In 2015, it sued the manufacturer of an independent diagnostic tool under Section 1201 of the Digital Millennium copyright act the infamous law that makes it illegal to circumvent digital locks on products you own later in 2015 the librarian of congress granted an exemption to 1201 for some forms of voter repair but manufacturers have continued to seek out creative ways to close out the market whether it's through copyright contract clauses or patents cff said good example of this going on right now actually uh, it's this would make it illegal for you to root your phone in other words root your phone you take complete control over that phone and and now you can do delete and do whatever you want to the phone it's yours it's wide open it's you can do anything nothing is blocked they don't want that they're fighting like hell against it they're even making, issuing their own unlocked phones that aren't really unlocked. They're only partially unlocked, and they claim they're unlocked. And that doesn't work. Like, I, I'm locked, I put an unlocked phone, and I'm locked into track phones somehow. I, I, can't, I can't get it to go to my straight talk. I had to set it up with track talk to, for it to work. If I tried to add another, another one to go somewhere, it won't let me. If I tried to modify the one on the phone, it won't let me. 
How is that an unlocked phone? Kind of screwy, isn't it? Well, that's something that's going on with cell phones right now. And yes, it is very risky rooting your phone. And if you try it and do it, you will vo- avoid its warranty. So get one out of warranty. <laughs> uh, get an older one like mine. Someone said, oh, it's not worth anything because it's a Go phone. I don't care if it's a Go phone. It's a smartphone or it's a good smartphone. It's got a, a fairly update Android on it. And it works the way I want it to work. So I'm okay with that. But uh, I'm a little ticked off that it's that I can't change where I'm using it. And I'm really confused how straight talk, I'm using track phone, not straight talks. Uh, codes and and stuff so you know the name networks i'm using literally different things than they tell you to put in the phone to use straight talk it's all it's all how it's configured for track phone which is nothing like what it was for straight talk but it works on straight talk i don't understand it's it's really boggles my mind because track phone have their own uh sim cards and track phone's more expensive than straight talk but for some reason it's it's uh it's connecting through the track phone provisioning and still using straight talk i have no idea but that is something that is a good example of what they're talking about ford's patent number d78 186 157s credits inventors of the shape of the windshield and it gives seven illustrations of the view of the new design, EFF filed numerous arguments in the Lexmark case, arguing consumers need to be assured that when they purchase a product, that they own it, can repair it, and even resell it. I agree, and these cell phones should be unlocked, period. But it's up to, I would leave that up to the market, so that's you and me. So please demand that all phones, all cell phones be unlocked. I said the beginning of the show is the end of the show. What's wrong with you? When did you change that? That show. All right. So you're sitting around drinking a beer, wondering, how the heck can I listen to these people live? I don't know. When you find out, tell me. (laughs) I'm serious. Right now, I am live on Spreaker. But I was supposed to be (laughs) on RedStateTalkRadio.com live. But I can't be because one of the owners took a new job in Washington, D.C. and left the other owner in charge of everything. And he's completely overwhelmed uh, with all that's going on. So we have no time to get together to uh, because it might not work. I might not connect to the server because I couldn't last time. But he swears I can this time. So we're going to try it. Uh, but we're not trying it till next weekend now. Now, when next weekend comes, I might get another text from him saying, Things are too crazy. We can't do it this weekend. So I don't know. Either we'll be here on Spreaker at uncooperativeradio.com Saturday and Sunday, 5 p.m. Eastern Time, or we'll be on redstatetalkradio.com Saturday and Sunday, 5 p.m. Eastern Time. Either or. I don't know. I'm without knowledge. That means I'm what? Agnostic? Yes, that means without knowledge, if you didn't know. Gnosis is knowledge. A being, it's Latin, so. Anyway, 
back to work we here. So that, I don't know. Uh, we can also be heard in iHeartRadio, iTunes, TalkShoe, Podbean, Blueberry, Abadabadoo, iTunes, I don't know, with the, uh, the this one and the, that one. And I'm all over the place, really. Uh, if I'm not at your place, put my show there or ask me to put it there or ask the owner to put it there, whatever the case may be, and it'll be there. But it's all over, so you should be able to find it. Just do a search. All right, we uh, we also have a Facebook page. It's in Facebook Prison, but go over, join, like, comment, and really tick them off. Keep promoting the page, even though it's locked up. Maybe we'll uh, maybe they'll let it go. If you want my personal Facebook page, it's at Brian Bon. Not at it's Brian Bonner nine zero. Uh, Twitter account, personal one, Brian Bonner. And, of course, we have Uncooperative Radio. Just do a search for it. I think it's, uh, I won't tell you, because you'll, you'll know it when you see it. It'll be the, don't try to be flagged with my custom logo, so you won't confuse me with some other show. We're also rebroadcast on redstatetalkradio.com, like it will be tonight at 10 p.m. Eastern Time. But I don't know about next week if we're live. It won't be. <laughs> My life is up in the air, and I hate this. Especially since I spent so much time on this already. I would like to get it over with. So anyway, and through RedStateTalkRadio.com, you can hear us on TuneIn, TalkStream Live, the Roku, and uh, the uh, yeah, the Echo, the Amazon Echo. And if you do Amazon, you like Amazon products like I do, please consider going to Smile.Amazon.com. That's Smile.Amazon.com, where you can choose a... Uh, charity that you want to donate to and one percent of all your purchases at smile.amazon.com will go towards whatever that whatever you choose now it is exactly the same as amazon.com it looks like amazon.com it has the same stuff as amazon.com it's a mirror of amazon.com as a matter of fact it's just like shopping on amazon.com except that f one percent of your purchase is going to go to the charity of your choice Certainly worth it. They got. I, I find mostly Amazon has the best prices. I always end up getting stuff from Amazon. Uh, and if you're a Prime member, you need to get free two-day shipping, which is very convenient for us because we have a very small window where we get to town. And uh, if it, we need to get it there before we go to town. So, so that two-day shipping is nice. And nothing is free, of course. you got to pay a membership fee of, I don't know what it is now. I pay by the month. It's $11 a month. Ten ninety nine, but eleven dollars a month, which is more than it used to be at seventy five dollars a year. So I have to look into that because if that's the case, I got to start paying by the year if I want this. Because got to save money. Every dollar counts. Now, when you go to the web page at redstatetalkradio.com, not to be confused with Red State, it's redstatetalkradio.com. Okay, <clears throat> on the right hand side are the two players for. The Encore Channel and the Prime Channel. It's two channels, 24-7, grassroots conservative talk radio at one spot. How could you go wrong? So get over to redstatetalkradio.com. And over there, you'll see that they ha- now have a call in line. They are taking callers. It is caller, old-fashioned caller talk radio. So you'll be able to call into the show if you want, interact with the show. And if you don't want, you don't have to. If you don't have the data or for some reason an internet connection, well, if you write down the the phone numbers that are, it's right on the player, 
It'll say listener lines. Those you can listen to for free. You cannot interact with the show. You can only listen. But it's free of charge on our side. Anything else is up to you. While you're there, check out the Red State Talk Radio newsletter. It's not the host. It's it's other things. So you, you, It's not going to be like just listening, reading what you listen to. It's going to be different. It's professionally done. You'll recognize some of the writers. I think you'll enjoy it. It's free. Give it a shot. If you don't like it, you can unsubscribe. We don't pay attention. Now, you may have heard our paid commercials because we do have some paid commercials. Most of it is parodies and sound bites and stuff to get you, you know, make a nice experience for you. But we need money, too, so we have paid commercials. However, we do not get paid to air those commercials like regular radio. We get paid only when you call the number in the ad. So please, if you're interested at all in the product, jot down the number in the ad and call that number or we will not get paid, nor will the ad agency. And so that's not good, right? You want us to get paid for the advertisement. So always make sure if you're interested at all, there's no, there's no requirement to purchase. Just call the number and we get paid. So if you're all interested, call the number and, and find out maybe you do want the product. If not, say no thanks and hang up the phone. Done deal. I also, when we get into this next segment, I just love how all of these cockroaches are coming out into the light about this stupid Paris Agreement because this was a really big deal, ladies and gentlemen. The rest of the world was counting on us being in this agreement because guess what? We were going to pay for all the rest of the countries. That's the little dirty secret that no one's telling. That's the gorilla in the room. We, just like NATO, and he's corrected. My president is correct on everything. And I love, and Brian and I keep saying it over and over, wait for it, okay? Because he's right. I mean, they're touting right now on the lame, on the, uh, well, actually Fox News. So it's lamestream media to me. Um, They're quoting his what he was saying about the, you know, how terrorism, get rid of them in your, in your, you know, country, in your mosque, like he said in Saudi Arabia. They're quoting him now. When he was saying that, they were slamming him about everything he was saying. Now they're quoting him. And I'm going to tell you right now, before we get into this Paris, I am so sick and tired of hearing these apologists, especially for any brown person, including the brown pieces of crap from South, South and Southern America and Central America, telling me, and telling the American people that if we stop these people from coming into our country, it makes us less safe because they're in their community. They can tell us how to get them catch these people before they do anything. Yeah, it's not, their, crap. it's not in their interest to do that. That's a load of crap. Right. It's not their interest to do that. Islam's goal is to take over. You're going to tell me some punk that is an MS-13 is going to turn in his his fellow punks? No, he's not talking about gangs. They're talking about terrorists. Here. No, they're also talking about, they also brought in their No one's going to rat on any gangs at the, any more than they voted, than they ratted on any other gang because MS-13 will cut them to shreds with machetes if they do. So they're not going to tell, nobody's going to tell you anything. And they also brought up in context. And by the like, way, Islam likes crime. So it's inherent in the religion. It's evil. So it's not a problem. They don't mind crime. They think it's normal. And in that context, she, this stupid idiot talking head 
brought up the same thing that's going on in his, our Hispanic communities. They're afraid, and they Good. won't help us. They should they won't be afraid. Help us. They should be afraid. And they don't help us anyway. I'm going to tell you right now, those communities, they're not going to help you because they're ghettos. Nobody helps the cops in ghettos. Nobody. Stitches, stitches are for snitches, is one of their sayings. So, uh, yeah, nobody wants to open their mouth at all because they'll get themselves dead. And maybe their family, too. What are you going to do? You're going to tell on the people that live in your neighborhood, that run your neighborhood, that are gangster gangsters. Are you you're going to really you're going to ride on them? How are the cops going to protect you from them exactly? They're not there all the time. See, you disarm people, and you put them in a ghetto, and all the good people don't have guns, and all the bad people do. And then they take advantage of the good people. It's a really crappy thing, but it's what happens when government does this uh, social engineering crap. Every time. Look at Europe. Really look at Europe. Have you? Have you done any really research to look at what is really going on over there? You really want to be that? Are you insane? The women are being raped by Muslims. And they're not doing anything about it. It's just, yeah, I'm telling you right now, I, I'd, I'd go taxi, old ca- taxi cab on it. Remember ta- Taxi? The movie, Taxi? Yeah, I'd go that old school on him. That's what I would do. I'd turn into that guy from Taxi. And what's the one from Charles Bronson, too? He did that. He did a whole series of them. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it, they were all different. But yeah, it was, it was, he was a vigilante. Yeah, we'll go Charles Bronson on your butt. I like my no. I like my reference better. It's meaner, <laughs> and I'm in meaner. Uh, the way he started was pretty. Uh, matter of fact, wasn't as violent as it should have been. He, well, he started with a with a with a sock full of quarters <laughs> as his weapon, and it, hey, it works. Anything can be a weapon. That's a no. That's a that's a swinging weapon with heavy weight of all those quarters. Once you get that that momentum going, you hit somebody with it. Wow. Smack you upside the temple with that. Lights out. Okay, why did some firms support Paris Agreement? It's the Paris Accords. From World Net Daily, since well before former President Caesar Barakas Obamanus signed onto it as an executive agreement because he knew the Senate wouldn't ratify it. A number of large American corporations have supported the Paris Climate Accord. As the time neared when President Donald Trump would announce whether he would keep his campaign promise to withdraw from it, some signed an open letter advising him not to. Many corporations are household names. Adobe, Blue Cross, Blue Shield of Massachusetts... Facebook, Gap, Google, Hewlett-Packard, Enterprise, Intel, Johnson Controls, Levi Strauss, Microsoft, PG&E, Pacific Gas and Electric, and Unilever among them. Oh, by the way, there's a scam going on. Uh, there's an electric company. Starts with an A. You don't know what it is. But they're trying to convince people to sign up through them, even here in Montana, to get electricity. And they'll save them on the electricity. But here's the kicker. they This is their selling point. It's for progressives. The company 
takes its pro- pro- uh, percentage of its profits to donate to progressive causes. Don't sign up for that. I don't understand. How can they do stuff like that and conservatives can't? What We're supposed to be the business people, not, not the left-wing lunatics. Why would they do that? Let's take their stated reason one by one. First, strengthening competitiveness by requiring action by developed and developing countries alike. The agreement ensures a more balanced global effort, reducing the risk of competitive imbalances for U.S. companies. Lie. Trouble is, Paris, with no enforcement mechanism, doesn't require action by any countries. And the intended nationally determined contributions, INDC, by most developed countries committed themselves to no or next to no emission reductions, yeah, except for the U.S. In contrast, the Obamanists submitted U.S. INDC committed the U.S. to major reductions by 2025, long before giant emitters like China and India would even begin any change in their projected emissions growth. And India demanded over $2 trillion in subsidies, or it would do nothing. Second, you know why they did that? It's going to cost them, they figure, $2 trillion to agree to this. You you pay for it. They're not going to pay for it. Who do they want to pay for it? The UN wants us to pay for it. Second, creating jobs, markets, and growth. By expanding markets for innovative clean technologies, the agreement generates jobs and economic growth. U.S. companies are well positioned to lead in these markets. Withdrawing from the agreement will limit our access to them and would expose us to retaliatory measures. Access to what? Solar panels? All the evil oil companies sell solar panels, make and sell solar panels, because they're not just oil companies, they're energy companies. So they would benefit greatly by this. The big energy companies, Exxon comes to mind, Mobil, uh, BP, they all make solar panels. They're not just, they, they got a hedges bet. Oh, we got to go. It's the Uncooperative Radio Show. I'm your host, Brian Bonner from uncooperativeblogger.com. You're listening to uncooperativeradio.com. And say goodnight, Susan. Good night, Susan. And we're out of here. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.